0: It's the Purple Pants, it's the Purple Pants, it's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better listen in public, might make your stomach hurt. It's the Purple Pants Podcast cash is trying to unwind you better get that box wine it's the purple pants podcast. You're trying to get your snack you better hurry right back though it's the purple pants. It's the purple pants hello hello and welcome to the purple pants podcast episode 137 locker room i serve as your humble and ohal gracious host Bryce Isaiah and i'm so glad you guys tuned in in this week. I want to give a big shout out to our first time listeners and a big welcome back to the Purple Pants Posse. If you have not already, please make sure you are subscribed to the Purple Pants Podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever it is that you get your podcast from. We're there. Hit subscribe, write a review, and give your baby boy some five stars. Listen, we are back with another edition of the Purple Pants Podcast. Podcast, Survivor News Edition post-season of Survivor 41. I really appreciate everyone's support. Y'all seem to love these interviews, so listen, if you love it, then listen, we're gonna keep giving it to you. You also can follow along this interview on my YouTube page, Bryce Isaiah. Go over there, hit subscribe, give that video a thumbs up. If you you know you wanna watch it and listen, you know, listen to the podcast and watch it on the YouTube. So this interview, we have none other then former NFL star and contestant on Survivor Season 41, Danny McRae, is in the building. And listen, he breaking it all down, okay? He has some things to get off his chest, and he knew what platform to come to. That's the Purple Pants Podcast. And of course, we've got my brother, Z Holland, winner of Ghost Island and HGTV host. And the baby that is the boy, Jack Atkins, from Netflix Circle Season 2. So this interview is really good. So I'm going to stop talking, okay? Let's get into the meat and potatoes. The meat and potatoes. Oh, oh! It's a man who, it's a man you, me and potatoes like we're cooking up a great stew. It's a man who, it's a man you, me and potatoes like we're cooking up a great stew. And we are back with the Purple Pants Podcast Survivor News Edition. Y'all thought we was just going to do Xander. Then you thought we was just about to do Shan. But listen, we had to bring some pro athlete energy in the building. Of course, you know, I got my bros with me. The Wendell that is pouring wine glass and that fancy just show off that you won a million dollars. Oh, uh-huh. but it's the Purple Pants Podcast Cup for me though. And we've got the baby boy that is Jack Axe. What's up guys? How rocking, you doing? Rocking some more Purple Pants podcast gear. We oh, yeah. appreciate it, but listen, enough about y'all. You guys have been loving the post Survivor 41 energy, and so why stop at two when we can have three? I'd like to formally welcome to the podcast the man, the myth, the legend, the uncle on the grill, okay? It's <laughs> Danny. Welcome to the Purple Pants podcast.
2: Thank y'all for having me, family. Thank y'all for having me. It's great to be here. I'm sure we got a lot of good stuff to talk about respect the team Danny merch and the, the, the purple pants podcast merch i will be copying me some just 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 to show the love back man so so appreciate all three of y'all
0: we appreciate you danny it is i'm, I'm glad that you're here because you know i've been holding it down for jack and wendell being the only pro athlete so i am happy <laughs> that i got another pro athlete
1: with me What's for you, Flat Rice? Talking ish.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, uh, I'm don't use me.
3: <laughs> yeah, that happens. That ha- real ones know that ish talking is definitely a, a big, a big part of sports. Absolutely. MVP and uh, Danny, we we don't want to just talk Survivor with you, man, because we know you're a very dynamic individual. And fortunately, this season, we're able on the show to see the different, um, just the different aspects of who you are and what makes you you. So. First and foremost, I want to start out by saying I'm sorry about those Cowboys.
2: Uh, <laughs> it's, all right. oh. it's all right. It's OK. You know, we'll, we'll, I'm upset, too. I'm not really over it. You know, but maybe maybe next year, maybe we make some changes. I don't want to get myself in trouble because I do still have a podcast with the Cowboys. But hopefully we make some changes. We're able to regroup, uh, figure out what we did wrong and make a Super Bowl run. Man, we got to get one before Jerry's gone. Yeah, you guys got a lot of young talent
1: on the on the squad. Trayvon Diggs great, great team, Michael Parsons, and you, you just mentioned your podcast, and that's with Barry Church, right? And I, I'm a yeah. Jaguars fan, so shout out yeah. to him. He helped carry us to that AFC Championship. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about the podcast that you, that you have with him? Yeah,
2: so me, um, Barry Church, and then uh, a guy named Newish Scruggs. he does NBC News out out here in Dallas. Um, they were just looking for, for something different. Uh, we have maybe five or six podcasts, but they wanted something different from the players to where you don't just talk about football, you can talk about pop culture, maybe best Eddie Murphy movies, maybe oh. best Creek Rock movies, uh, so the stuff that we talk about in the locker room. So me and Barry uh, actually went, came into the league together, both undrafted free agents. So we naturally just created a bond, had a friendship back since 2010, and he had just retired. So I reached out to him, hey man, you want to you want to get on a uh, on the show? Um, and, and they put it together, and it's been rolling for three years now. So three years we've been rolling, wow, kicking awesome. it, uh, giving the fans some just a little a little something different to talk about. Longer than us. Oh, now <laughs> yeah, what, yeah, is it. <laughs> what is
0: your favorite Eddie Murphy movie? Since Oh, you-
2: Life Easy. Oh, oh. Life easy. It's it's one of the most quote. It's like Friday and life. Those are two of the most quotable movies that I've seen, like Uh going through everyday life. I can always quote something from life or quote something from Friday. But is you going to eat your cone bread? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But what I want to
0: know, Danny, is, and you know, I'm asking for myself. But how active are you still in like the pro football community?
2: Uh, yes yeah, so, and, and can you
0: plug you got numbers that you could like maybe check oh you on
2: nah, so <laughs> nah, so we, we, so we had this thing called the uh so the NFL PA still takes care of all the former athletes so once you're in and you pay your union dues for a certain amount of years, you're automatically in the club for the rest of your life. uh so with me working for the Cowboys running uh, the youth football program, I have a lot of uh, NFL like former NFL players that actually help me coach at these camps. So I'm, I'm very well intertwined and connected within the former uh, player league and the current player league, you know, because I actually work for the for a club now. That's
3: what's up, man. That's it's up? Good. good to stay dialed in and everything. Stick with what you know. That's real. And another thing that is clear that you know is cooking. Right. So we want to know how you got into cooking and where this passion came from, what your favorite thing is to cook, et cetera, et cetera. Tell us about cooking.
2: Yeah. So kind of the same way I got into Survivor. Uh, Once I retired, um, I found myself with a lot of time on my hands trying to figure out, you know, what to do, how to kind of get people to come over and hang out and kind of create that locker room experience. So like Saturdays and Sundays, I was going to the store. I was getting whatever oxtail they had, whatever career they had oh. trying to kind of figure out how to make make the best thing. So over the six years since I've been out of the league. I just been experimenting with stuff, trying to figure out how to get it done. And the wife is like, "Man, you may as well put that on on Instagram and, and, and show the people. You know, yeah. you it might might <laughs> might make something happen." So I'm like, "All right." So every time I'm cooking, she's recording, and it can get frustrating sometimes. But <laughs> but, but I think it turned out pretty good, though. Can I, I just ask it. real quick,
0: though? Who is responsible for the holiday photos in the mashing gear? Okay, because <laughs> I, I peeps it, I see it.
3: Good question.
2: Look, I listen, I didn't get Instagram until twenty twenty. So I'm not even a social media guy, really, really not into pictures like that. So none of that is me. None of that is me. Like if you see me post like something at the gym, that's me. Other than that, all the wife, all the family pictures. All the Christmas decorations, all that stuff that you see on my Instagram is literally led by the amazing Kiki McCray. So shout out to her because it actually creates really good memories. Yeah, shout out shout, to her. Shout out
1: to Kiki. Uh, but let's get into the, as Vice would say, the meat and potatoes. You mentioned <laughs> with your cooking experience, that's something that kind of came after you retired and, and you compare that to sort of your Survivor experience. Can you tell us a little bit about not only like when did you start watching Survivor, but what was your like application process? Like what made you want to apply to the show? What lets you getting out onto the
2: island? Yeah, so so uh, 2015 uh, was my final season. So 2016, I'm like, man, what can I do to stay busy? Because that first three or four months was literally like just hanging out, drinking, twiddling my thumbs, trying to wait, wait for my friends to get off work. Because they all work nine to five. And then I have nothing to do. My wife's at work. So I'm like, what can I do? So I actually applied to get into business school, got into that. So I started doing that during the night. And I was like, well, I still got early in the morning until school starts to figure out something to do. So I'm like, let me get on this streaming service and figure out what, what interests me. And I see survivor. I'm like, I remember this from 2000 when I was watching Stone Cold Steve Austin and, and the rock on wrestling. And I chose that instead of survivor. So let me check this out now. Turned it on and I could not turn it off. It was it was just super entertaining just to just to see how similar it was to an actual locker room and the beef that you have and the in the situations that you have that are how pressure situations when stuff doesn't work. Stuff goes good, how people react. And it was it just kind of took me in, in that in that mode. So I was like watching well, it with my wife and I look over. I'm like, man, I could do that. I can do that. I can do that challenge. I think I can do this. And I asked her about to go. She was like, hell nah. We, we, weren't ma- we weren't married at the time. Okay. So she was like, nah, you think you're about to leave me for however much time? Nah, we, we ain't doing that. Literally, as soon as we got married, she was like, so you want to go and survive her? Peace. <laughs> go ahead. She she uh, she made the tape for me. Actually, she went to the store because I didn't believe her. So she went to the store. I, I sat in my room. I made my own video, quick, rushed it. It was horrible. It was horrible. I didn't hear anything for a couple of days and I was like, man, I got to I got to get her involved. So she sent me down. She helped me make another video within the day. They called me. Uh, I was doing kind of <laughs> I was doing kind of uh, meeting with Jeff on Zoom to see if it was if I was a guy that he liked. Uh, they flew me out to L.A. We went through that whole process. Uh, they told me I was on the show. COVID hit. So I had a year break to get in better shape. Wow. And then we ended up going on the show in 2021.
0: With COVID and everything happening, how did you prepare for Survivor? Did you just like watch a bunch of seasons or did you sleep outside? Was Kiki just (laughs) making you rice? Like, what were you doing?
2: No, listen, Survivor was at the back of my mind because before I went on, Kiki was not pregnant with my beautiful daughter at this point. But we found out she was pregnant in February. I was supposed to leave in March. So then when I found out that I wasn't going, it was like, this is actually great because it's a pandemic, my wife can't go to the store. She really can't go anywhere because she's pregnant. So I was able to stay there with her for the entire process. So survival was the last thing on my mind. But once they called and told me it was back on. Yeah, it was it was back to running miles, back to just eating oatmeal in the morning and seeing how my attitude and my body reacted to that. And just literally a three month process of, of trying to get ready for the game
0: you prepared physically, but did you think like, okay, socially, how will I interact with these all walks of life of people? Did that come into play at all? Or you was just like, let me just run these miles and get my physique together.
2: No, like I, I really compared Survivor to the to NFL locker oh, room, oh. like literally the same type of attitudes. So you got to say, you got guys that are making 50 $60 million who are in the locker room. You got guys who are making $200,000 in the locker room, guys who are 10-year veterans, guys who are rookies, all these guys trying to mesh to accomplish one goal, right? And throughout the process, if you're on a losing team, then you got to deal with guys' attitudes, feeling like they're not getting enough playing time, feeling like they're getting cheated by a coach. If you're on a winning team, then you got to figure out how to deal with success. And you see how people react to those situations so i was i was really just depending on my my experience in locker room
0: now can i ask uh do you actually have like the address to the locker room <laughs> or which, 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 <laughs> I just which locker room are you trying to get into I'm, you know listen I, listen I take the cowboys i, I listen i, <laughs> I just want just typing in my gps just to
2: see Let let, let me give you a hint, okay? This is what you do. Okay, As soon as your favorite team is out of the season or out of the playoffs, you you head to Las Vegas. Because that's that's, that's where the trips Uh, always go. Everybody's heading to Vegas as a team so you can get that last moment because teams are never the same the year after. So everybody's trying to make sure that they get to spend that last time with their guys they've been with that whole season.
0: Now, can I hit up Kiki for the credit card information to book the flight?
2: Or, uh... <laughs> she, hey, she might give it to you. She <laughs> might give it to you. I'm going I'm to block all of
3: them. <laughs> oh, man. So uh, back, to the, back to the game, the survivor game. Uh, what was your thought process behind not sharing that you uh, were an NFL player? Why did like, you decide not to share that? And how do you think that that did for you in the game?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, binge watching seasons and seeing some of the former athletes that have been on the show, you just see that for some crazy reason, people just decide to say that this person doesn't deserve to win money. So they start to get targeted, which I think is totally crazy. Like, how can you tell somebody who is playing the same game you are that they don't deserve it once they get to the end for outplaying you? Right, one you don't know this person's personal finances. You don't know how many family members they taking care of. So I always thought that was super shallow, but I knew that if it, if I did bring it out. It, it, it would probably cause me some trouble. So I think it worked out for me. Uh, if I would have made it to the end, it would have been a bomb. I would have been able to drop just to kind of explain it the way I kind of explained it to y'all yeah. um, because to, to assume that just because somebody made some money, you know, previously when they were 26 years old, now 33, you have no idea what what is gone on in that person's life in the last 10 years. And also it, it
3: should, what, what you have shouldn't matter. It's like, yo, how did you play the game? How did right. you get to the end? That should be what they base it on, not like how much money you have.
2: Absolutely. It's, it, it's a game, man. We went out there. You go out there to compete against somebody to show that you play better than them. How much you have, what you have, what you don't have should not matter at the end of the day. This person play a game that you can vote for.
1: Yeah, I think we talked about it all season. It was definitely a good choice, I feel like, and you were able to cover it up pretty well. And, and you, you said you were a former college athlete, right, too. So you were having just a little bit of the truth, not that whole truth, which I think makes it a lot easier. Uh, and you mentioned, you touched on how, you know, the tribe dynamic on Survivor is a little bit like being in that professional locker room setting or really any locker room setting where you're meshing with the people from all walks of life, all different ages, race, whatever. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? And I'm also curious, are there other ways where being in the NFL, you think translated to help your game out on the island?
2: Yeah. So, so if you look at, at our original tribe, the Lulu tribe, right? Mm-hmm. The first thing we do is forget to unclip the uh, the boat, right? Yep. Naturally, when something like that happens, right in the game, like Survivor, what is everybody doing? They're looking for someone to blame. Right. But when you've been in these situations and you understand the moment and, and what you have coming up, then you can kind of work to calm people down and let them know it's not it's not as big as you think it is. We still have another opportunity so people don't have to start going crazy. So me being a person that people could lean on and be like, I hey man, it ain't that big of a deal, man. Don't worry about it. We've been in this before. we will come out and we'll win the rest. And them having that trust and belief in me allowed us to perform better in the challenges uh after that. And as far as like being able to mesh and mingle with, with people, when you're in the locker room, the way that you connect with these guys, <laughs> I'm
3: listening. Bryce is I'm listening.
1: it's
2: a different type of connection. Bryce. No, the, the way that you connect with people is you get to know them on a personal level. Like if you're going out there, blood, sweat and tears with a guy, if you know what he's playing for, or why he's out there, then that'll make you play for them. Even harder. Right. So getting to know someone, knowing what questions to ask, to get them to, to tell you that information so y'all can feel like y'all bonded on a certain topic or a certain subject. I think that's what I was able to use to to kind of get some inroads in it with some people that you may not have expected me to be cool with.
0: And I think I love this comparison between Survivor and football. How would you compare the toll on your body from playing football? as to being out on Survivor?
2: Uh, that, that, I will say this. That's a difficult one just because I, I, I've seen what some former NFL players look like 15 and 20 years after Man. the game is over. So I, I wouldn't be able to compare it to that type of toll. But as far as like going through a season, Survivor was much more difficult just because wow. when we go through training camp, we go through a season, we're eating right, we're getting sleep, we're doing everything we can to perform at our best and Survivor is the exact opposite they're taking everything away from you to see then how you can perform in those type of situations so when I'm going into the game I had breakfast I had lunch I might have my protein shake whatever I need to get amped up I got all that on Survivor they strip all that away from you so it was it was totally different and going through that process was 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 harder
0: so can I ask what is in a Danny protein shake because Wendell is on this whole protein type shake and I was over his house the other day and I was like Ooh, let me taste that <laughs> And it tastes like trash truck juice. You're a liar. Please tell me, Danny, wh- what's the Danny protein shake?
2: Listen, listen, let me tell you something. There, there is no easy way to get into the shake that you want to get. It. So if you got to drink something nasty and your shake don't taste as good, then you just got to get that done. Mine is simple. Some strawberry flavor, one okay. scoop okay. with some water, shake it up, take it to the head, and I'm out of that. Oh. I'm good. Ooh. See,
0: but that that doesn't sound like trash truck juice.
3: <laughs> no. What, what are you drinking, Wendell? We'll we, talk about the brand of your protein once we get off the pod. I'll throw some handfuls of kale, some spinach. I'll oh. throw some
2: some oh, protein. Oh, you, oh, I got you. You're going you, you to natural. you serious?
3: I do like I do green green juices, and then I'll add some protein. Yes, yes. This this pod ain't about me. It's about you, my man. So, uh, but my question is, like as as we've seen watching the NFL playoffs, uh, sports can often be won or lost in literal seconds. But Survivor's more of a slow burn. Even so. I'm trying to think if you can think of a moment that kind of like defined your game or like the moment of, of your game this season.
2: Let me see. I, I think um, it, it would have to be a, a culmination of moments. Right. I think it was more of me positioning myself in the middle of a lot of different alliances. And then also being the person to where they're like, ah, like, he's cool. He's easy to work with. He may say something if you if you push back. He's okay. He's not going to be super pushy. But being able to have Deshaun, Sydney, and Nasir, even though I wanted to get them out, and then getting to the merge and having somebody like Tiffany say, "Listen, we ain't vote you out. It's going to be Sydney or it's going to be Deshaun. So that means I got Evie and having a relationship with Xander. Then I got Liana and I got Shan. Like there's there's nobody that is looking for me to be the person that they voted out. Even though they seen me perform amazing, I, I huh? performed good <laughs> in the team challenges. We were just so cool, and they, and they felt a certain way about me to where they weren't trying to vote me out like you would see in, in past seasons of Survivor. So not one moment, but those moments to where I was able to connect with all those players to where I wasn't on, on their radar at all. Very
0: nice. I like that. And I like with such a diverse cast, I'm curious to know your thoughts on like, did you know anything about the Survivor Diversity Initiative that was going on? And what was your thoughts being as though like you binge watched a lot of seasons and you coming out on the island seeing such a diverse cast?
2: Yeah, so I I did not know about the initiative um, just because I hadn't been a Survivor player who watched the podcast, watched the Ponderosas. Like as I was watching it, I'm literally going through the seasons back to back, right? I don't even know any of this stuff exists. So I didn't know anything about the diversity of it. I did recognize as I was watching it, that it's, it's not that many black people playing the game, which is why when I told my people that I was on it, they're like, what you going on? making <laughs> <laughs> in afraid? there. <laughs> it's not the show. It's not the show, man. Let's get this thing turned around. So, you know, I had a lot of family members watching it, but I just, I, I, I didn't know anything about it, which is unfortunate. But when I got out there during pregame and I saw it, I was like, I think we have more black people on the show than I thought, because I thought Nasir was black at the time, because he had a hat on, he was walking (laughs) around, had the dark skin. I'm like, all right, I think he got like seven. (laughs) What's up, (laughs) all (laughs) (laughs) We might might be okay, so I I was happy to see it, but but weirdly enough, when I told my wife uh, how many black people were on the show, she was like, don't go out there and form the all-black (laughs) alliance. I was like, why not? She's like, I'm just telling you, man, that type of stuff get messy, just go out there and play the game. I'm like all right, you know, I'm going to do what I can, but that's always going to be in the back of your mind anyways.
0: Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line.
1: Yeah, and, and, and hitting the beach, your tribe especially was was very diverse. You had Erica, you, Deshaun, Nasir, Sydney, Heather. When you first got out there, what was sort of your mindset with that tribe in particular? I don't know if you had any strategies coming in and how that might have changed when you saw the people that were around that you were gonna be working with.
2: Yeah, it was it was it was really just have small conversations with whoever I could to see how close I could get with them but it worked out for me just because me and Deshaun were sitting at the back of that boat that didn't get unclipped so when we had the opportunity to do the sweat challenge it was a no brainer it was I literally said hey man I think it's me and Deshaun's fault so it was only right that us to kind of carry this load to get us the machete in the in the yeah. pot right so as we're walking and connecting, four hours is a long time, yeah. right? And it's the same thing in football. Blood, sweat, and tears. You bond the most when you're able to push each other to continue to work toward completing a task. And me and Deshaun did that, and we were able to keep that up through the entire
1: game. Yeah, you all had an instant bond, and, and it really carried you, like you said, through the whole game. It was, it was really
2: impressive. Yeah. and, and I And I, and I, and I, and I got to say this because it's it's just been said so many times everywhere, me and Deshaun did not connect like that because we were two black men. (laughs) Me and Deshaun connected like that because we were able to connect on maybe him playing football. He played football back in high school. And then I was able to push him through a tough moment where he figured that he wanted to quit, right? So when you have somebody who, who can get you to go that extra mile, that is an automatic bond. Deshaun being black definitely helped. That is not what started me and Deshaun thing. We, we just didn't want to move through the game like that. So I, I know it's going a lot of ways, but I, I just wanted to make sure that was clear.
3: We appreciate you letting us know, man. And drop those gems, man. Let us like we're here to to listen. You know what I'm saying? This is your show right now. So my question, your tribe, Levu, you guys were very dominant, like almost too dominant to where you almost couldn't throw a challenge. <laughs> Can you please like explain what was going on? Like y'all were so good. I guess the other tribes were so not so good. Can you tell us about that challenge?
2: No, man, we 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 had a chink in the armor, man. We had a chink in the armor. Okay. But Deshaun comes to me. He's starting to see that all the men are getting voted out. He's like, listen, I'm telling you. It's it's a woman's alliance going on. We're going to be outnumbered if we get to the merge. I'm like, oh, bro, you tripping. You tripping. He just keeps pushing it. I'm like, all right, me and you cool. You know, in in this type of relationship, you got to give a little, take a little. So I'm like, all right, if you want to do it, then that's fine, all right? He's like, I'm going to let you know at the challenge. If I give you the jump man sign, then we're throwing it, right? So at this time, it's it's just me and him. So Sydney's sitting out. We don't trust Nasir. And we think Erica is, is sneaky at this point because at that time I thought she was trying to get rid of Sydney, which was which she wasn't. So he tells <laughs> us at the last minute, we cannot include Nasir uh, because we don't trust him. So it's just me and him trying to get this thing, get this thing right. And we had it though. All right, as much as Deshaun wanted to throw that challenge and it was his plan, I'm putting it on him. He messed it up. We get all the way to that ring toss. TV didn't show it. That ring toss, we were up there for like five minutes. Deshaun gets up there, he throws the ring off the platform. Like, <laughs> he the platform, he you no sure he wasn't ring. trying? Oh, he! Oh man, I get up there, I throw it like four times, not hitting. Erica gets up there, she misses, Nasir goes, and then Deshaun goes again, and that's where they show it from. So Deshaun's going again, and then Nasir's like, okay, I got it. He's throwing it, and he keeps trying to throw it to the middle, and I'm like, yes, okay, JD's going to hit it eventually. And money, so huh, we think. <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah, money. But he <laughs> he's, throwing it out, he's like, Nasir, throw it to the one on the left, and I'm looking at him like, bro, why would you tell them that? Let him keep trying to bang the one in the middle. And of course, as soon as he throws to the left, uh, it's over. So, Everything just 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 went the wrong way for us in that challenge. But we tried. It just just didn't work out.
1: Went the wrong way, but the right way. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> That's a good complaint to have on Survivor. You can't even throw a challenge. Listen, but if we would have got
2: rid of Erica, we would have been okay then. Now, I'm
0: glad that you said that, Danny, because I'm all about transparency and I'm all about saying something to somebody's face. Now, when I'm watching it, I'm like, why are they not bring Erica in like what? Like, are we not seeing something? And I'm, I'm texting. I'm cussing. Like, what is Danny doing? What is the Sean doing? I'm confused, so please let me know. Like, what was it about Erica? Did you literally
3: see her as such a huge threat, or was she not in the locker room? And a piggyback on that, <laughs> no, I feel like I feel like we saw a lot of content of Danny, like early foreshadowing, like oh, we got to look out for Erica. Erica sneaky, like that's that that content that like we look down the line and we're like, oh, Erica's the winner. Oh, Danny was talking about her being sneaky.
2: Yeah, but it, see, but it was it wasn't that, and I didn't find out until after the show that that this. Happened because me, Erica, Sydney, and Deshaun were cool. We were like, hey, it's four. We all right because we didn't really feel that we could trust Nasir. And then uh, Sydney was beefing with Heather. So we we're like, okay, we got four. We go fishing. Me and Sydney are out there fishing, having a good time, trying to catch some fish. Deshaun and Erica are sitting on the boat. Deshaun told me that Erica pitched boating out Sydney while they were on the boat. So I'm like, oh, man, Erica's sneaky as hell. Nah, we can't have that because in my mind, I'm thinking we cool. So we got to figure out a way to get her out now because we can't trust her. Right. So I'm, I'm out on Erica at this point. Well, I get back uh, home. I'm texting. I'm trying to figure out what's going on. I find out that Deshaun actually pitched Sydney to Erica. Erica uh-huh. said no. Deshaun thought that she was going to blow up his game. So he hurried up and came to us to then say, nah, Erica is the one. Yeah, excuse me. So, when the weird the so bad, like thing, This thing started with Deshaun, so nobody knew about Erica being sneaky. Like it literally started at that moment, <laughs> and it just kept being dragged on on into the merge. So she didn't do anything that was sneaky, <laughs> not not at all. She was just playing an under the radar game, like she said she was. And Deshaun was just being a little, being a little messy. Got caught, he had to cover his tracks. Yeah,
0: respect. And I got just another question because since we on this, so Nasir. We uh, we love Nasir. Nasir is a, a fan favorite. It seemed like Nasir would be like, I wish you guys don't worry about it. Then we as fans would see Nasir like, we got to get Danny out. We got to get Danny out. Like, what was your thought process on that? Did you feel like as we saw it looked like you kept bringing them back into the fold? Was that like strategic? Was that. Locker room?
2: Like, what was that? Nah, so, yeah, listen. <laughs> I, I would say it was locker room in this sense. It was one of those things to where you know the coach doesn't like the player, but you're not going to go tell the player that the coach feels a way about him, right? You're going to keep saying, oh, man, don't worry, man. Coach, he's just having, he just in a bad mood. So with Nasir, it was the first day I found out he's trying to get me and Deshaun voted out because we were looking for an item. And I'm like... I go back to camp. I'm like, listen, if y'all ain't looking for islands, y'all crazy. We're like, what the hell are y'all here for, right? It's day one. You ain't about to get voted out for this because I'm trying to protect myself at this moment. And Nasir's like, all right, cool. He comes like maybe two days later and we're sitting on the beach at nighttime. And we have this moment to where he's he's like, hey, my bad. I was playing too fast. I want to lock it in with you. And he started telling me about his family, you know, like shedding tears, like everything is good. I'm like, all right, Nasir's, Nasir's on. The next day, he goes and tells Sydney, yeah, we don't need Danny around here. Like, I think yeah. And that's when you've seen it on, 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 on the, in the edit to where Sydney comes back and tells me. I'm like, man, I got to get Nasir out of here, but I never tell Nasir this. Nasir thinks that we're cool this entire time. right? I'm even in my interviews like, man, I keep letting Nasir back in. I'm trying to be cool with him, but he just keeps stabbing me in the back. And I gave him a chance after that. When I was really done with Nasir is when we got to the beach at the merge, and Liana told me that Nasir had an idol, and I'm like, man, this dude been in my camp the whole time. We supposed to be cool, and I found out from Liana that mm. <laughs> you got an idol. Oh, no, you gotta go, Blair. Like it's, it's just every time I gave him another shot, I found I got another reason not to trust him. Now me and Nasir are great outside of the game, so oh, we're cool. Now, yeah. <laughs> free Facetime, but inside the game, I was just like, this dude is just playing super hard, and I just can't trust them.
0: So now I got another question for you. My bad in order of the questions. (laughs) So, Nasir got an idol you don't know. So you just thought they was just up at the mat talking about I (laughs) think broccoli
2: is a tree. Listen, listen, Xander did it it's masterful, masterfully, he went out there and the first time he said it, I'm in my athlete mode. Right? So we got, we got three teams. We got three teams. All right, two of these teams are out here saying how tired they are. Right, Xander's telling me that he is weak at the moment. He can't think straight, and I'm like, yes, that's all I'm thinking. Yes, we're about to tear him up, right? So I wasn't thinking about Xander at all. Brad said it. Brad looked like he was withering away. He withering <laughs> like he was withering away. So I'm like. All right, listen, Lugu is about to win all these challenges. Listen to these people telling us <laughs> how tired they are, how bad of a nice they had. So I wasn't thinking of that. When Nasir said it, I'm like, oh, hold <laughs> on. Nasir able to put that together. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I've never heard I've never heard this joke. I've been around a lot of different people. I have never heard it and it actually fit with what they were saying so when I got back to camp I was like and this will make me feel played even more I was like man the Sears. that was probably one of the funniest jokes I heard he's like <laughs> yeah man my uncle said that you're like, <laughs> feel like feeling that when I go home so Ugh. like me and the Sears was just built up a lot but I, I definitely felt played after I found out that that's what he had to man. say and that me giving him kudos on his jokes. Just, <laughs> man so you had no idea until the merge that he had found it wow no, I, no idea and, and me and the Sears searched for the idol together like Good. repeatedly day in and day out and you know he he didn't tell which he shouldn't have, but I'm still going to feel away about it. Right. So so <laughs> once, you hit, once you hit the merge and you did find out about the idol,
1: did that really change your dynamic with Nasir? Were you very at that point ready to get rid of him or you were
2: more, more wary because
1: of the idol or what, what was that change in your mindset like? So, so
2: Nasir was walking around on the beach telling everybody that he was going to play the idol. Mm-hmm. In my mind, I'm safe. I'm telling everybody, if he's saying he's going to play it, he ain't going to play it. Yeah. Like He's trying to convince y'all yep. to think that he's going to play it. And the, the crazy part about it is I think they showed Liana saying that she's thinking about taking the Sears Idol. Me and Deshaun had no idea how the advantage actually worked. My mind is like, hey, taking the Sears Idol and then vote out Emi. Like, why, why didn't we do this, right? Take take the target where everybody's thinking we're about to vote out the series, yeah. and then get Emi out. But then I found out that we're the only two people who had no idea how this advantage worked. So we weren't able to get it out. But I just, and then I also wasn't into like chasing people and trying to vote people out because they had idols because they hadn't played the game yet. Like you're not playing any games. Like finding an idol is not going to get you the dub at the end. So everybody's like, we need to flush the an idol. And I'm just like, why? Figure out a plan first and then see if the idol can help you if you have that relationship and then figure out who you need to vote out. But I was cool with everybody that had an idol. So just, just no. worked out that way. Definitely.
3: I'd like to uh, ask a question about another relationship you had on the island. Our girl, Sydney. Uh, <laughs> you, you, guys, you guys were close <laughs> out there. I saw on her Instagram that she is a patriot, but you're a cowboy. <laughs> so my question is, how does a patriot and a cowboy, you know, get along so well?
2: Listen, let, let me tell you. So I'm from Houston, and we used to have the Houston Oilers. H-Town? The Houston Oilers left Houston and went to Tennessee. I then became a New England Patriots fan. I did not become a Dallas Cowboy fan until the Dallas Cowboys called me and said, hey, man, we want to give you a tryout. Yeah. Work out. All right. So I had been watching the Patriots my whole time growing up throughout college until I got to the NFL. So that, that was an easy connection. But I think we connected more on the fact that I had lived in New York for six months And she was in New York and she was living kind of the same lifestyle that I was living. So we were going to the same restaurants, going to the same clubs, kind of hanging out the same places. So we were just talking about the fun times that we had. Right. We would talk about those all the time. And nobody else knew. Right. Nobody else knew about what club we were going to or or they couldn't catch the inside joke. So we were just able to just keep connecting over that.
0: Very nice. So what was your thought, knowing that connection, that New York money connection, okay,
2: that I'm trying to get into, <laughs> okay? I was, I was doing an internship. I was doing an internship for was I, I there for no New York living. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just
0: saying. What was your thoughts on, like, the Sydney vote out? How did you feel, being as though y'all had that connection that nobody really knew about?
2: Yeah, but, uh, well, everybody knew about it because... Deshaun went and told everybody or oh. inseparable. Deshaun was being DVSD rap. And, Very and nice. like which is fine. Like Deshaun was able to play his own game and I was able to play my. So I didn't take any offense to any of it. It would actually come back to me and I would ask him and he'd be like, nah, I didn't say that. I'm like, yes, you did. You told me that I was playing ah. slow. You told me me and Sydney are close. But the Sydney vote. It frustrated me because we had this conversation about not playing a shot in the dark because it, it just seemed like the odds were, were just not in your favor and right and, and we hadn't been the tribal council. Everybody's at this point. Sydney and Deshaun are running around saying they're going to play a shot in the dark, and I'm like, don't do it, don't do it. Convince Deshaun not to do it, but I didn't convince Sydney not to. So before the vote, they're they're saying that all of the girls are going to vote for Evie, all of the men are going to vote for Sydney, and I'm like, now that the number doesn't it don't work it doesn't work for us like that. So how about this? I'm not voting for Sydney. How about all the dudes vote for Evie? All the women vote for Sydney. Hey, Deshaun, play your extra vote. So now we have enough no matter what. If, if Sydney plays her shot in the dark, we still tie it up. We vote out Evie. What I did not account for was the Nasir will flip. So Nasir flips and that's why Sydney ends up going home. We had her, we had her locked in and been able to be safe even if the shot in the dark didn't work. But Nasir was that wild card, which I didn't find out until after the show, so I wasn't mad at him for that. Yeah. But he flipped, and, and and that's why the numbers didn't go on our favor. Yeah, that vote out was obviously one of the craziest of the season with uh, all the
1: Xander antics and the Liana advantage and everything. So honestly, good on you for getting through that vote at the end of the day. Like that that must have been crazy, especially after, you know, the whole hourglass twist. I was on the same page with you where I thought it was kind of weird that, you know, you win the challenge going into the merge. And then all of a sudden it's taken away from you through no power of your own. So, uh, you know, surviving that round must have been super stressful. Um But moving back to you and Deshaun as a duo, like you just said, he was sometimes off doing his own thing. Uh, Obviously, at the end of the day, you guys were pretty tight. The show especially painted you guys guys as super tight. You know, how close was that duo really throughout the game, and what kind of roles did you guys take on, and and what were sort of the differences in your game?
2: Yeah, so I I think – so me and Deshaun were really close, and they actually turned into – I don't know how he's going to take it, but it turned into like a little brother, big brother type thing, right? And it was it was hard because I could not tell him my life experiences and that I played in the league, that I had seen this before, and this is how it looks, so make sure you try to keep it tight. But at the end of the game, he kind of realized that so it was the big brother, little brother thing of me trying to let him know that his emotions were, were getting kind of out of control. But then it was also like, hey, man, you do your thing, right? Just don't put me in any danger. And then I can go and play my game and I'm not going to put you in any danger, right? So if somebody said my name, he was going to take care of it. If somebody said his name, I was going to make sure it was straight. So anytime that him and Shan got into a beef and Shan's coming to me like you think I can trust Deshaun, I'm like, Deshaun is cool. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. And Deshaun's like, hey, man, I, like, I can't deal with Shan. I'm like, hey, relax, bro we're good. So when you see them go have these conversations, especially the first one, it's literally them both coming to me, and then I'm like, listen, y'all, y'all gotta make this work, because we're too early in the game to start having these type of issues, and they're able to comb out and get it straight, but my relationship with Deshaun and allowing him to be D Rad was not the same relationship that Shan was willing to allow him to do. So everything he did mm-hmm. to her seemed sneaky, but mm-hmm. to me, it was normal, and I knew he wasn't gonna put me in any jeopardy, so I was I was fine with it.
0: Mm. So when we talk about the hourglass twist, I heard somewhere, you know, the trees be moving. I heard somewhere along the lines, you let Jeff know what you really thought about it. Uh, What was your strategy about sending Erica to the island, the ultimate winner, as opposed to Nasir?
2: Yeah, so two things. Couldn't trust Masir. Better to have him with us because we had no idea what was going to be going on on the island. You just assume it may be an idol or something. Eric is easy because at this point, Heather's on the other tribe. Eric is also not going to be safe. She comes back with an idol. We are already saying, "Listen, we'll split it between Erica and Heather, and we'll be fine." Erica plays an idol. Whatever happens, we're safe, no matter what. Easy, safe play at the for the first roll of the merge, and we're fine. So I thought it was—I thought we were good at that point. I'm also safe. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. I, I have no worries. So me pitching that out there, uh, I knew I was going to also let Erica know why I sent her to the island when she got back. As soon as she got to the beach, I told her straight up we didn't play paper, rock, scissors. All uh, right, our rock paper scissors we didn't we didn't play it what happened was you know x, y, z, and this is why we did it. hope we can work together in the future, but if you're mad, I get it. so I thought we were good at the, after that but yeah, that's my what? thought process of like yeah. if I can ask Erica hella can go.
1: What was your explanation to Erica when she got back? Because obviously you didn't tell her that, you know, you, you didn't really trust Nasir or whatever. Can you, can you run by like what you told her when she got back? Exactly.
2: You know, I'll be lying if I told you that, that, that I remember it verbatim. But it was okay. it was along the lines of, listen, we had to do it because it was more more women in the game than men. And we had to make sure that we kept the men strong. So I guess I did remember her oh, okay. baby.
0: And what was your initial thought to
3: the, the hourglass twist? My initial thought? Uh, or I, current <laughs> thoughts.
2: Or, <laughs> I mean, how to
3: go approach. How did y'all, how was that interaction?
2: I mean, I mean, if, if, if you go back through it, um, like once once we find out that it's about to happen and Erica walks up that thing, it's like, this is the option that I had. There was no way that I could be mad at Erica because I'm, I'm grown enough and mature enough to understand that, she didn't have no choice. If right. it was me, I'm smashing an hourglass. So right. Like, why? Like, why wouldn't I? I? Wouldn't risk going home with only half of the people being eligible to be voted out? So that's fine. So the whole try, the whole challenge. I'm just telling her, like, don't. Like, I ain't mad at you. I'm not mad at you. I ain't mad at you. But I'm, I can't be locked in in the game. Um. As soon as we get on the boat to go back, I'm like, I'm like tearing up because I'm, I'm angry. I'm confused. I have no idea like what what really just happened cuz I was trying to process like I have to go compete now. So I, as I'm on, on the ride back I'm like, "Nah, this ain't right. Like this this ain't the game I came to play. Like if this is something that they can, can continue to do, then I'm wasting my damn time out here so I get back. I pull the production to the side. I say, hey, "Man, y'all better get somebody come talk to me cuz if not I'm out." I'm just like, hey, this ain't gonna fly. So they're like, "Listen, you want it now, whatever." I'm like, hey, "Listen, I don't care when they come, <laughs> but you know, we don't get something figured out. I'm, I'm, I'm out, bro, because this, this, this is not the type of game that I want to play. Yeah. Um. So we go through the whole process, and then as I'm talking to them and they're talking through it, I'm just like listen, I feel trapped at this point because if I quit and I look like the quitter, if I keep going, then I'm I'm literally signed up to allow you guys to do whatever you guys want to me and I have to be okay with it, right? And I wasn't in a bad, a bad spot. I knew I wasn't going home, so I'm like, man, if I quit they're going to think I quit because I was about to get voted out. It's just going to look horrible on TV. So I'm like processing this whole thing of like, man, I have to stay at this point because of the optics back home, my wife's going to be upset. I've been gone this long. But on the, on the other hand, I'm just like, I ain't about to let these people play me like this. Like, I don't I don't need to be here. Like, I don't think anybody needed to be here, but I'm like, I came to play a specific game, right? A fair game. And mm-hmm. if you can look at me in my eyes and lie to me on anytime you want, then I ain't the game I want to play. So That's this is Oh, I this
0: is where I got to push back on you because for me, you know, I played the game too and I Ooh. felt like I didn't get a fair share at the game. However, I also feel like my knowledge of the game of Survivor is that like this is the game of Survivor. Like what you think is reality is not necessarily reality and so you've said that you've like binge watching. you've seen the twist and the turns like what so much of this twist
2: sets you off Whoa. Uh Well, 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 let's go here, right? So if you, if you watch any season of Survivor and you listen to Jeff talk, what's the one thing that keeps you safe at Tribal Council? Winning immunity. I mean, yeah. that, that, that's something that is that is continuous throughout any season. So whatever twist they throw into it is a actual twist. Have you ever seen Jeff look at the contestants and literally lie to their faces? Like not a swap, not a super idol, not any of that. It's literally, hey man, you got to win this challenge, and you got to think about it as you're doing the challenge, Jeff is walking around there saying you got to fight for everything you got to earn you got to do this you got to do that you know how fake that feels at that moment as a as a competitor for me just just for me personally I don't know how everybody else felt but how can I then go into another challenge and compete is that the point of the game because you actually want people to win to stay safe if you're in trouble the way that you can keep yourself safe is by winning the challenge well, if that's no longer the case, then what game are you playing? That, that's no survivor that I've seen. I didn't have a problem with the do-or-dare twist. He didn't lie to me. He told me straight up, hey, man, if you play and you lose, this is what happens. This one was totally different. Hey, if I said, hey, hey, Wendell, I'm coming on your podcast tonight, right? And at 7 o'clock, you send me the link, and I'm like, ah. Didn't feel like it. you, like, hey man. You, you feel played, right? This is this is this your livelihood to some to some extent. Kiki, get, uh, Kiki. Kiki. get get Danny. <laughs> Where Danny at? Hey, so. man, I, don't like, I don't like being lied to, man. Especially when when I risk what I risk to come out there. Like I said, I had a lot on my mind. I had a baby at home that was six months. My grandma was literally she had literally. I, I had my last conversation with her before mm-hmm. I went on the show, so I'm, I'm knowing what I'm leaving. And then when I get out there find that I'm about to be messed around with like that, I'm like, this, this ain't worth it. Like, I, I can go, I can stay home for this.
0: I appreciate that in the sense of, I don't think that, again, you know, you made it a lot farther in the game than I did. Uh, I don't think that I, I necessarily was looking at it like You win a challenge and you're safe. I think that I, as a viewer, and and I think that maybe a lot of other people would have looked at it as like, it's a twist in the game, but like just the way that you just explained that to me that like, what does Jeff say? Like, how can you, how can you be safe in the game is to win? And so I don't think that I've processed it that way. So I appreciate that because I was one of the people and I ain't going to lie. I was like, wait, it's Survivor. What if Daniel did it? I saw
2: you. <laughs> you saw him, right? I saw You're you. Strong. I saw you. Okay. I, listen, I saw you, and Jeff was explaining that to us in the uh, uh, at Tribal. That was his pushback. Like everybody's mad when we first introduced a twist, tribe swap, this that. I was like, bro, but this ain't a twist. Yeah, like, it's, yeah. Like, there's no way that you can you can try to make me feel okay about it. I'm grown. You grown. Ain't no agree to disagree. I just I'm not agreeing on nothing that you talk yeah. about. And then we as we move forward into the show, just so you know, he continues to like get upset. When we when we try to tell him that he lied to us, he's like he stops the whole thing. And is like, hey, listen, we do our best to to make sure that the the game is fair and we don't lie to our contestants. And I'm I'm sitting there like, what, what wow. the hell are you talking about, bro? Yeah. <laughs> you not you not remember having three days ago? You lied to us. It ain't, so yeah. I, I didn't understand the whole process of him defending. It just made me feel even worse
1: for me watching that. That was, I liked a lot of the twists this season where the, you know, there's pushback on a lot. You take risks for certain things like the beware advantages, but this was the one twist that I really was frustrated with. And I, I felt, I felt how you were feeling through the screen. Cause especially they have this whole episode with no elimination, that's based around this whole challenge and, and earning your way into the merge. And then really, and, and like you said, Jeff says, you know, you got to earn your way to the merge. You win the challenge. You'll be safe at tribal and then if I were to win that challenge and then it comes back and Erica, who also her decision was so obvious that there was no like drawback for her. All of a sudden you're vulnerable. I just be like, well, what's the point of me trying out the challenges? Like, I don't. And then the people who lose are, are suddenly safe. Like, I was very frustrated with that twist, too. So, I totally feel when,
2: when Wendell, what are your thoughts on, on this whole thing? And she didn't yeah, lose I, anything, just so yeah, you know, Just to so remember that, she lost nothing. Everybody else lost something. Sandra yeah. lost a vote. You losing all this stuff, risking yeah. stuff. So she didn't risk nothing but standing out there yeah. on the island, on Survivor. Yeah,
3: yeah so I, I, I kind of see both sides. Um, first of all, the twist is universally hated. This is a twist <laughs> that we might see next season. We won't see it ever again. So, Danny... you hemming up probes or whatever you had to do. We're not going to see that twist again, other than probably season 42. Um, Nobody on that, on that Island was ever a professional athlete other than you. We were not professional athletes. You played at the highest level with real rules and very strict rules that you knew, right? So you're coming in from a perspective that we will never understand. But on the other side, when I think of a uh, survivor, it's like hunger games. Like these puppet masters can do whatever at any time. So it's like, all right, if he said that, you know, you're immune, all of a sudden you're not immune, man, that's freaking survivor. Sure. Like I can't, I can't, I can't, I understand that that's survivor, but so like, I do understand your perspective. And it's not like I understand their perspective, but I understand Survivor's Hunger Games, like what, whatever happens out there. I will say during Ghost Island, um, I kind of had a similar experience where uh, I won a challenge. I got finished the slide puzzle first.
2: <laughs> you didn't call it up. Yeah. I'm well, on, I'm on this did, tip. He said, he said you didn't call it up. <laughs> My sister
3: Laurel finishes after Jeff Jeff I'm done I'm done Jeff pulls up on her Jeff was all the way down there and obviously he gets to her before me and I was a little salty like nah I finished first I'm I'm out here with it and the and you rules were cheated.
2: got the you got the right were, to huh? <laughs> and you, and you got the right to, right to finish and
3: furthermore the rules that he announced to us were: the first person to finish wins immunity. So from my perspective, I'm like, man, I could push back right now and I probably would win the argument and probably be immune because he literally said the first person to finish wins immunity. But due to my stance and where I was with Laurel and Don and other people, I'm like, you know what? I hadn't won an immunity by that time. So like it would have been my first one. But my assists, I'm like, you know what? she got it i didn't call it i've seen survivor enough to know that people scream out that they're done and they're ready and they're hype and there were compliance people and everything there were 100 producers watching that saw me finish first but i'm like you know what at this point i'm not gonna have that argument because like you know i thought that you don't want to go against
1: Laurel too yeah but uh
3: but i say all this to say danny we haven't walked your shoes you know I I played football growing up and basketball and everything, but like you played at the highest level with real rules and survivor is just this whole new world where it's it's almost like rules don't exist. And people going on the show, I even tell people going on the show that might might hit me up. I'm like, yo, do everything you can until they say stop or until they say no. As far as like bending the rules and, and doing whatever to to win the game, because you can like manipulate the game kind of sort of. So um, that was my rambling way of saying, I see both <laughs> sides, but I hear you on your stance. And I think that what you said is just going to go forward. They're not going to do I,
2: that I, again. I'll finish I'll finish this way. If, if I would have known that that was a possibility, I would have never signed up for the wow. show. If that would have been something that I saw happen on the show previously, I would have never signed up for it. I would have never put myself in that situation. Well,
0: I'm glad you didn't see it because like, I enjoy watching you and I'm glad that I can call you my brother. So I'm glad Mm -hmm. you ain't seen nothing like that
1: before. So back to the gameplay right around the merge too. Uh, Obviously in your season, your tribe doesn't go to tribal at all pre-merge. You have the Uwa tribe, the green tribe going four times voting four people out and then Yasa is somewhere in the middle voting two people out. For you as someone who didn't go to a single tribal before the merge, how do you feel like you're experience you know going into your first tribal compared to someone who like like shan or like ricard who had been going kind of the whole pre-merge like was it more nerve-wracking did
2: you feel like did you feel a little more comfortable almost like what can you describe that at that that feeling I, I think the setting the setting was was it seemed much bigger than it actually is when you get in there it's like man this is i've been in stadiums i've been in all these places but like having all that right there in your face and it's, it's literally what 11 of you 12 of you at that I moment. Know. So. That, that, the moment was huge. The situation that I was in didn't really allow me to feel nervous or, or worried about going home. One, because I was on the brink of leaving the game, right? And then I knew I was going to have to have this conversation with, with Jeff just to let him know how I felt. So I, we, it wasn't like a, a, a full-blown argument. It was more, you know, two men just saying, hey, listen, this is this how I feel about it, and him kind of explaining. And then I also knew that I was safe. Like, the, the people who were voting Deshaun out were telling me that I will have to pick between Deshaun and Sydney. My group is saying that we're voting out Like, so there was, there was nothing in my mind yeah. to, like I'm I'm on my way on my way home. So I wasn't nervous into in that aspect, but it was like, well, my friends are in trouble. Like, how are we going to save Sydney and Deshaun? So I was nervous for them, hoping that we would be able to keep them. Kind of, calm, kind of calm, but it, it didn't work, man. They, they didn't show up, but everybody's running around and talking about playing. They, they shot in the dark. Yeah, but you knew you were, you were chilling, so it was a little less probably nerve wracking. And I do want to
1: ask real quick you talked about talking to Jeff at Tribal about that twist and especially your dissatisfaction. Were any of the other players in the game kind of like taking your side or sort of
2: backing up Jeff? Like, what were, did the other players chime in on that whole situation? Yeah, no, I, I, I would say uh, 100% of them. Supported my argument. Um, Tim try to push back and say that, that she thought that the, the teams were unfair. And I had to push back on her and say, listen, y'all it's voted out Abraham, out. <laughs> y'all voted out Moche, y'all voted, and then y'all voted out uh, Brad, y'all voted out Strin. Louvu didn't lose a challenge. So we had the opportunity to have the stack tribe. The only person I thought that, that got messed over in that. Was was Heather because she she wasn't on the losing tribe, but she ended up being on the uh, on the team that had the people who voted out. What I would say needed that, that strength in that uh, in that challenge.
0: Was Erica pushing back too?
2: <laughs> I don't think Erica. I don't think Erica was saying nothing. Definitely, she, she was just cool. She was playing her game. Like, yep, I'm in the middle. Nobody's mad at me, so I'm okay.
0: So, in retrospect, is there a post-merge? Because I, you know, Jack. I don't know if you know Jack. I ain't make the merge. Uh, but really? is, there, is there somebody that you think that you should have aligned with that could have possibly? change the trajectory of the outcome for you? Or do you feel like the alliances that you made were like what you should
2: have done? Listen, I I thought I was good. Uh, the, The Sydney vote out really, it really threw my game a little bit, but I still was able to depend on, at that point, I thought Xander, at that point, the didn't know that I was going for him, and then I had the four with me, Liana, Shan, and Deshaun. So Shan also had Ricard. So the numbers were good. So I felt like I felt like I was okay. I I worked with the people that I needed to. I did try to pass things up with Erica. Like I said, when she got back from Exile Island, I was like, listen, the best thing for me to do is tell her, you know, the truth before other people can get to her and say, hey, they didn't really right. play that game. They really just picked you. Um, Oliver Branch reached out, but I don't I don't think she was she was really having it. She also thought that I was lying to her because I did tell her that the pe- the, re- the reason that people thought that she was sneaky was because Deshaun said she was sneaky. So her not knowing that he had lied, she thought that I was full of it. In-, in my opinion, so she was like, "Oh, Danny's over here lying on folks." So she she never really trusted me after that. So we we just weren't able to work together. But I think if I had her, it, it would it would have been better for me. But Deshaun got it. Yeah.
3: So
0: now if, 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 if I if I was out there. <laughs> What when I have been a Dan, one of Danny's numbers.
2: Listen, listen, we we would have been good. Okay, until, all right. Until, until, until you, well, unless you, unless yeah, not untrust, until unless, unless you prove yourself untrustworthy. I'm I am very loyal to the soil. So
0: listen, okay, that's all I needed to know, good brother. Okay, we
3: saw an incredibly sorry. We saw a what? I'm sorry. So, I'm sorry, Wendell. What? I didn't hear you. Second. Hold on a second. Let me have another sip of this wine. Oh, out of my—that's
2: not
0: your protein, Shaggy.
3: <laughs>
0: that ain't the garbage, juice, Danny.
3: <laughs> I drink the blood of my enemies, Danny. Oh, uh, <laughs>
1: that's, that's what that takes me a survivor. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you weren't drinking blood before you went out there, Danny. You—that's just stay
2: so young. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so we saw, we saw an incredibly vulnerable moment. When you were speaking through the healing process with your, with your father out there, this is not a narrative that we usually see on TV, especially we don't see it on Survivor. I was very impressed by the show and the, um, the editors for just getting this content out there. And we, as the Purple Pants podcast, thank you for being vulnerable and having that moment. Can you just, can you just tell us about that time and how, how you came to that? To that realization, and when you want immunity, and the the things that you were going through out there, can you explain it to us?
2: Yeah, I, I, and, and and this is the weird part about that. So you know, when you go through the process, they try to figure out you know obstacles that you overcome, adversity that you face, to see if it'll show up on TV. Um, so as we're going through and I'm doing my interviews, like my dad keeps coming up. Right. Mm. And I'm like, I don't really want to talk about it. Cause at that point I'm still mad. i don't like, that ain't something that I want to, that I want to get into. So it continues to come up and I'm like, listen, we're just trying to get you to tell your story. We're trying to get people to know you. And my man, I'm like, I ain't talking about that. I came out here to play the game and win a million. I don't care how it looks on TV. Um, and I'm just going through, you know, hanging out or whatever. And I start to hear people say, may the 4th be with you. So, May the 4th is the actual day, right? So, you lose track of time, and I'm thinking that I'm going to be a bit too busy to know that that day is coming. And then I start hearing it, and it just takes me to that place, right? So I'm sitting at the, sitting on the beach, I'm listening to the waves, you get that little time to think to yourself, and I'm like, bro, I've been tripping for a long time, because every every year, I would make sure that I was at a bar, I was drinking, I was hanging out with friends, playing cards, I was keeping busy, so I didn't really have to wrestle with those thoughts. Um, so being on the island forced me to to really come head to head with with how I had been feeling uh, about my dad. So having that moment was good. I loved it. It was way more tears and way more sniffling uh, than they showed. Than they showed, but I just kept saying, "Man, I don't cry at all." And my friends gonna laugh me out of the building. Um, But I was glad they showed it because that is a conversation that I hadn't had with any of my family members, and no uncles, no aunts, no not my mom, not my wife. So that was the first time that they had heard that. And my mom would always say, I still don't think you ever processed uh the the whole depth of your father. I'm like, yeah, whatever. It, it is what it is. But now we've been able to kind of peel back those layers, open up and talk about it. And I think it's it's brought me and my family closer. So it was it, it was a great experience to be on there and have that moment.
3: That that's great. We like like I said, we don't always see those moments. And I think you opening up is going to encourage other people too. And I I remember just being on that island it does stuff like that for people. Sometimes it touches people different ways. I remember on the edge of extinction, I talked to Yule and he was having conversations like, man, I need to love my wife better. Like I need to be a better husband to her and to my children. And uh Jeremy said the same thing. He's like, man, I'm out here and my kids are growing up and I need to be there for Val. There's something that happens out there because I guess you're detached from so many things that sometimes you have these moments or these epiphany moments. And, we thank you for having that because that was uh, a beautiful moment that I think a lot of people can learn from.
2: Appreciate that. When you, if you can sit still with your thoughts, turn everything off, uh, sit, sit back with your thoughts for a minute, and see what comes up. You don't, don't don't intentionally think of anything; just see what comes to mind. And and sometimes you'll get that survivor moment. But it's nothing like being out there on that island and and having that that type of distance and silence. It, that, that's just different.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So usually. At a certain point in our podcast, we like to play a game or a competition with uh, with our guest. We ain't gonna lie to you. We we gonna tell you. We
0: gonna tell you. We what give it you is. the
2: rules. We <laughs> let you know up front. Are you sure? Are y'all sure? Because <laughs> yeah, me me, me, me and Jack, good. I don't know about what's going on. Don't do that
0: oh
3: my all right well this particular game is word association oh okay all so right. i'm gonna I'm give you the rules all you have to do is within five seconds spit out the first thing that comes to your mind in response to the word that i give you okay Absolutely. i'm the timekeeper <laughs> <laughs> Jack is Jeff Probst. Yeah. Oh, should I get my,
1: should I get my, come on in. Oh. <laughs> Be honest, Jack. <laughs> oh. yeah, this is a Jeff you can trust. <laughs> <laughs> He's Jeff Trust. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Trust. I look a little older, too, but. <laughs> What was that? Your buff collection in the background? Uh,
3: oh, while well, we're at it, hey guys. Okay, this is. So it. wait, but Danny.
0: So I heard through the conversation, you've seen Ghost Island because you talked about that time when Laurel won <laughs> fair and square. Um, you. Have you seen Kageon?
2: Yes, yeah, Kogon. Oh, okay. I've seen, I've seen from like season fourteen all the way up through through the current. Okay, season. Okay,
3: well, listen, you only need to see the first two episodes <laughs> of Kogon.
0: It ain't <laughs> much. You need to see. <laughs> <sit. laughs>
2: Bryce really?
3: was actually on Kagion, Believe it or not, you didn't know.
2: I think I slipped through the first. Danny, Kiki. <laughs> <laughs> K- <laughs> Real quick, what, what was your favorite season? Uh, let me see. So I got what, what season was it where they hop off the boat? and it's literally the dudes they got spears and all type of stuff uh on the beach, it looked like they had just hopped off of, like, the movie for King Kong, the first King Kong. They, they get to this island, and they, like, doing this sacrifice and passing potions around that they got to eat and drink. I want to say, like, maybe season 15. that's Whatever it was, it was the first one I watched, and that's what kind of got me into it. I was like, man, these people are crazy as hell. Mm-hmm. Like they, I think it was, like, I don't want to say it was blood, but they were passing something Yeah, I thought that was, was, that's that's that season Samoa. Nine? was that season
1: 9? Was that 9? Vanuatu? Vanuatu? It's one of those early ones. Uh, was, it was early. Only yeah. one of those drinking the blood these days. No, it's, yeah. not, it's, not, it's not HD, so it was definitely... Oh, I think, think it might have been Van Vanu- Watch. Yeah, Van Yeah, Yeah, Island
2: of the Fires. Yeah, so I, I'll, I'll say that was my favorite just because that's the one that got me hooked when I, I turned bet. it on. I'm like... Yeah, this all right. This this yeah. might be something I can get into, man. They, they about to get serious because, yeah, they're not doing that stuff these days. <laughs> no. All right, um, sweet.
3: And then your second favorite is uh, Ghost Island. We know that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Kageon. Where does Kageon. 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 Wait,
0: Kageon. All right. Danny, this podcast could be over real quick.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. Kageon, Ghost Island, uh, Millennials, Gen- all that. Yeah, yeah all and that. Jack, what's your season? My favorite season?
1: No. Oh, oh my bad. Oh. I thought she was on the season. My bad. <laughs> I was Bryce. Uh, so I was on this all season, season. Is this <laughs> more views than y'all? Oh, oh. oh it's all right, <laughs> me, guys. You know guys, it's not about thing. us. All right, Jeff Probst right. face. Danny I ain't gonna lie to you. Don't get out of me. <laughs> all right, Danny, are you ready? I'm ready.
3: Go. Word association. First word. Probst. <laughs> lie. <laughs> Cajun food.
2: Uh, Louisiana. Hourglass. Hated. Girl Dad. I would say me, but I'm going with my man Kobe B Bryant.
3: Mm. Oh, okay. on, on today, okay. Ricard. Uh, my guy. Mm. Barbecue. MLK Day. Diarrhea. <laughs>
2: gotta so dig I deep. wish I had on the island. <laughs> John Madden. Legend. Eagles. Trash. Oh! <laughs> it's trash. George Get him out. And this
3: game can end really quick. <laughs> Erica, winner. Sydney, no. Jimmy Johnson.
2: <laughs> oh. <laughs>
3: Gastrointestinal distress.
2: <laughs> Painful. <laughs> Euphoria. Favorite show.
0: Oh,
1: what you know about Ro?
2: What you
0: know about Ro? Ash that guy.
3: Ash that guy. All right. All right. All right. Back. Good. Eastern Standard
2: Time. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong. <laughs>
3: Foxy Brown. Uh, legend. 49ers. I uh, hate them. Mm. Ghost Island. Wendell. The number 40. Bill Bates. Kagayan Great season. Oh. <laughs> Alan Ball.
2: Uh, another my guy. Heather. Uh, Good good woman. This guy's a politician out here. <laughs> Regina King. Oh man. Uh goodness. Triple yep. crowd. Triple the best best at what she does. Mm. Chitlins. <laughs> I ain't eating them.
3: <laughs> we gonna see his next video. Deshaun. Uh, my brother. Bunyan. I had one. <laughs> oh the Purple Pants, Pants Podcast. Well was it wasn't Purple Pants Podcast. Great. A B Alan Ball. Antonio Brown. <laughs> Confused. Kanye. Confused. Tara Lowens. Great. Hemorrhoids. Painful. Bryce. Very entertaining. Orenthal James Simpson.
2: He did it. true Shan we need to talk crabs one of my favorite seafoods this summer fatherhood Uh, best feeling ever Chucky that's my ace boom
3: cool (laughs) Washington football team Uh, get a name (laughs) Nasir uh Adventurous. Last one. Dallas Cowboys.
2: America's State.
3: Oh. Day wins. Individual immunity.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was great. That was great. All right. Now we, we back in it. The camp out a.k.a. the Black Alliance, mm-hmm. you, Deshaun, Liana, and Shan came together and made for some powerful TV moments uh, and never before seen the Survivor. Uh, and me being a huge fan of Survivor, I never thought that I would actually like see the day. How did it feel when you guys all came together?
2: Uh, it, was, it was good. Like you said, it was, it was something that I didn't expect to be able to do. I literally thought Shan was going to get voted out uh, way before uh, they got down to two. Uh, I was, I was a little sad that Abraham didn't make it because I'm like, yeah, we got all these back to people on the show and like, Abraham first wanted to get up out of here. I'm like, oh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> uh, but it, it was cool that we had four. Um, and it's, it's survivors. So any reason that you can, you can find to, to align with somebody, somebody that you, that you think you can trust is it, great. And the fact that it was that the, the, I guess the, what we were leaving at home with the George Floyd and Walt Arbery and, and seeing all that. Yeah, I, I think it was it was just a natural thing that was going to happen with with anybody who was on that show at that time. A thousand percent agree. And shout out to Abraham. I follow him
0: on Instagram <laughs> and. I feel like we were robbed because that man looks funny. hilarious, funny, and uh yeah, we were robbed. You out
1: of that. You out of that, man. And and obviously within that alliance, you guys kind of ran things for the most part after the merge, but we see time and time again, specifically Shan and Deshaun have a really complex relationship. Uh, not on the same page a lot of the times, all things considered, as someone who was, you know, directly adjacent to that duo. What was your take on their dynamic and how did you kind of fit in there as like the third member of that group?
2: Uh, the, the dynamic was was strange. It was strange because, like I said previously, Deshaun was there to play a specific type of game where he was going to to, to try to make somebody think something, even if he had to lie about it. Right. So and I was OK with that. Shan wanted to play a different type of game. So she saw Deshaun. What, huh?
3: what type of game? Sorry to interrupt.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. Shan wanted to play like I'm in my mind, like I'm running stuff type of game. Like I'm going to make the decisions. I want to make sure that this is the route that we go. Um, and she saw Deshaun as being sneaky, which which he was. So it's not like she was wrong about that, but she was wrong about the fact that he was going to vote her out at whatever time she thought he was. And Deshaun was wrong about Shan and the fact that. He assumed that she would never listen to, to what he was saying, or that he could never beat her if she was at the end. I don't I don't see those things as being true, but those are the things that kept making them bump heads. Like Deshaun's game is not gonna be able to be played with Shan. And Shan's is not gonna be able to be played with Deshaun because he wanted to be the guy who was making the moves and, and doing the uh, doing all the all the big moments on Survivor.
0: You as the middle person, did you feel like the need to try to like bring them together, or you being the middle person could see like It's no point to try to do that. Let me just like salvage my relationship with both of them to see where the chips could fall.
2: Nah, I think that's the most frustrating part about the actual Shan Voda was I put a lot of work in to make sure that we all stayed together. Specifically Shan and and Deshaun because they were the only two that were beefing but it was literally days and days of work. Me and Shan would go out on the beach early in the morning. We would talk about the Bible and then we would also talk about people's attitudes and how they look and how they seem on TV just to try to move forward and then I would then go talk to Deshaun who would say I don't know if we can work with Shane, and then we have these long conversations about, nah, man, just reel it in. We're gonna be okay. There'll there'll come a time when we're able to to make a move like that, but this just isn't the time. And this was like an everyday thing. Mm-hmm. Every day they found a reason to not like each other, to go to go at each other's throats, and say, hey, I don't trust. And I'm hearing it all right because I'm the middle point between between both of them. So it it, it was rough. It was a lot of work put in, and to see it kind of crumble the way it did, that that was the most frustrating part about it.
3: Do you think that there was ever a path for the Black Alliance to get to the end? Like, could could that have ever been fixed? This it seems like the Deshaun and Shandai, it seems like Deshaun is not going to want to sit next to her at the end or whatever. Is there a world in which you guys could have patched something up? Yeah. Let let Shan go at four. Or whatever. Is, is there any or that would have never happened?
2: Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I don't know how they felt about it but I was there to win a million dollars. So when everybody's like, yeah, I was going to get a million dollars to this person, I'm like, I, y'all crazy. No, we could make it to a point to say where, listen, we moved this alliance as far as we could, and one of us will be sitting at the end possibly too to to make it a, a more probable that, that one of us will win. But I didn't see that. It was like whoever was going to poke their head out as being the biggest threat was the person I was going to say I'm not sitting next to. But... At that point, it was Shan, but we still just needed one more vote so we can get four to three for us to be able to do that. We exactly, just, yeah. We just we just couldn't make it that far.
0: So we see the first boot out of the camp out with Shan. Like, how did we arrive to that vote?
2: Uh, Yeah, so uh, one, so we already had all the t- tomorrow going on between Shan and, and Deshaun. They have that conversation in the morning to where they lock it in and they're all good. I think we have that reward challenge where Shan, Xander, Heather, and whoever else, uh, Ricard, they all go on a piece of challenge. I walk back, hey, Deshaun, I think it's time for us to get out Ricard. Pull in Liana. Hey, Liana, I think this is what we should do. It's pitch that we should leave Shan out of it because she she probably won't be on board with it. I stop it. I'm like, hey, listen, when Shan gets back, I'm going to have this conversation with her because that's how this alliance is going to work. We're going to make sure everybody's on the same page. I'm cool with that. Everybody locks in. We're fine. What I find out is Liana and Deshaun that night go sit in the shelter and they're actually having a conversation about when and how to vote Shan out. Not at that vote, but as they move further, because as you hear Liana say, I don't want to be seen as just following Shan. Deshaun obviously knows that Shan has to go out at some time. So they're both having this conversation. I'm not privy to it. I had no idea what's going on. So I didn't find this out until I got to Ponderosa. Um, So they have that conversation. Shan comes back. Me and her go do our morning thing. I have this long conversation with her about, hey, listen, can you trust your car? Do you really think you can trust them? I'm going to like the mob movies at this time. Like, hey, are you vouching for this dude? Right? Because, you know, if you vouch for him, that means if he messes up, it's on you. She's like, yes, I can trust him. I'm sure. And I'm like, but it's still time to vote him out. This is why you have to vote him out. Your family and friends is here. Like, you want to move to four. You need to get rid of him so we can get to the end. She finally breaks down and she's like, all right, I'm down. She's, she's in tears at this point. But she's like, all right, I'm down. I get up and I say, hey, man, make sure you're not crying when you walk back over to the camp because they're going to know something's going on. I'm like, all right, I leave." Sure enough, I walk back by. I see Liana and Shan Puhun in the shelter. I'm like, oh, God, it's like what is what is going on? Come to find out Liana now feels guilty about having the conversation with Deshaun Mm -hmm. and then tell Shan that Deshaun and me are coming after her, which is not true. What Liana doesn't say is, hey, me and Deshaun were having this conversation mm-hmm. and we're talking about holding oh, your ass out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How yeah. did you
0: feel about being wrapped up in, oh, Diddy, this is so good. Wait, <laughs> hold on, wait, wait. How did you feel being wrapped up in that? Like, that would piss me off.
2: Well, now I'm, I'm more upset just because as you go and you listen to podcasts and you listen to what everybody's saying, I feel like there's a major lack of accountability. And I'm big on accountability. Hey, man, be accountable, all right? Hey, Liana, you had this conversation and you felt guilty about it and then you told shan what you did not do is go tell deshaun that you were gonna rat him out bryce if me and you are talking stuff about wendell right we go home and then we all together uh i'm like you go back behind my back and be like hey guess what hey man hey danny was talking mess about you but you don't say oh yeah we was having a laugh at you i'm gonna be pissed off right right? because you're taking accountability for for what you said um So that happens and this throws everything into chaos, right? Because now Shan believes that me and Deshaun are coming after her, which is not true at that point. Like I'm I'm on Shan's side. We're good. She feels like she can't trust us. She then goes to uh, Ricard and tells Ricard and says she wants to vote out Deshaun. Deshaun. The reason why Deshaun is upset is because I came up with the plan to vote out Ricard. And somehow Shan goes and tells Ricard that Deshaun came up with a plan to vote him out. So he's like, I didn't even say that. Like, that ain't even my plan. Why why are you telling Ricard a plan that's not even mine, ruining a relationship that we had? So now everybody's mad, right? So we can't get it. We can't get it on the refs. I go to Shan. I'm like, hey. Let's take a trip to the water well. Hey, what were you crying about and what were you telling people? She was like, oh, nothing. I was telling people my stomach hurt. I'm like, oh, she lying. Yeah. <laughs> she absolutely mm-hmm. lying. Well, at that point, I didn't know she was lying. So I'm like, okay, we can do the challenge. We come back and Ricard, I mean, somebody comes up and was like, hey, we're going to vote out Shan. I was like, well, why are you going to do that? And he said, hey, Ricard is on board. I said, listen, all right, right, we'll bring Ricard over here. Ricard needs to tell me why and that he is on board. Because like I said, Shan vouched for him came over, yes, he told me exactly what she told him, and I'm like, oh, hell nah. After all the work I did to keep this together, this is how we gonna end this? So I'm like, I I gave you a chance to tell me what you and Ricard talked about previously. You didn't say nothing. And then Ricard comes and tells me that you told the plan. Now, to her defense, Liana... (laughs) started all this because she she has no idea that I'm not coming after her or Deshaun is talking about voting her out at like five or six. So she has every right to go and, and feel the way that she feels about not trusting anybody, but in mine I'm just like, y'all, you know, everybody's all pissed off at each other, but take accountability for what you said and what you did, and then we can all be good. Mm. But it's still running out here of like this missing link of like, hey, listen, Leon and Deshaun, y'all had a conversation about voting her out. That, that's what it started at. So don't talk about you know Deshaun couldn't take uh, take any orders from a woman or if, if you was white or all this other stuff it makes absolutely no sense. They were good, everything was fine. Deshaun wasn't taking orders from anybody. So I, I got I just want to stand up here and defend the dude because he been getting beat up. Deshaun don't have no problem with no white people. He don't have no problem with no black people. He's just a young man trying to win a million dollars to pay off his student loans. All right, it don't, it don't have anything to do. With none of that. What happened was how I said it. Liana and Deshaun had this conversation. Shan comes to Liana. Liana feels guilty, spills the beans, but she does not include herself in having that conversation. She Mm -hmm. replaces me with her. And then Shan no longer trusts me and Deshaun, and then she gets voted out.
1: Yeah. And and, and with that, though, and uh, yeah, like you said, everything kind of just went haywire. And it must be so complicated when you have this alliance that's built on more than just the game and then, you know, game elements come into play where you got to throw certain people under the bus and everything there's a lot of miscommunication but ultimately like you said shane does get blindsided that was sort of one of the first big blindsides of the game and you were directly like entrenched in that move how did that feel for you to blindside someone you know outside of it being shane just that 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 feeling were you excited about it or did it kind of hurt to, to to make that move
2: uh well to, well the first the first big blind side to me just because Ev- Ev- Evie had finished the puzzle so quickly and then we split Evie literally thought that we were going to vote out Liana so that, that that to me was was a big one this one was different just because it was it was our principle it was like the one time that I played the game with emotion it was like hold on man we had this conversation like me and you are supposed to be rocking we go do this stuff every morning and I trust you you trust me and then I tell you we're voting out Ricard and then Ricard comes in to tell me that you told him. I'm like, well, this outside, like, I just got to do what I got to do to yeah. get you out of here because you never going to pick us over Ricard. So it wasn't, it wasn't even like a, like I'm happy to blindside Shannon. None of that. It was just like, I right, had know, to be uh, done. Like, yeah. like we, we did everything we could. It just didn't work out. Yeah. Wow. Well
3: we are the self-proclaimed Shanstan podcast. And but nothing, nothing, and nothing, nothing wrong with that. Right. But we're also a we we were the Black Alliance Stan podcast. Bryce is the Xander Stan podcast. <laughs> Jack is the Xander Stan. We we have a lot of favorites this season. And you were one of our favorites, clearly, right? And Absolutely. that's one of the reasons why we called you because everyone has their truth and their side of these things. Mm-hmm. So um we appreciate you, you know, telling us that missing link that Liana and Deshaun conversation that everyone hasn't really heard about. So thank you. Um, which is unfortunate.
2: Because, because Wendell, Bryce, Jack, I've had many conversations with me and Shannon have had multiple conversations, hour-long conversations. Me and Deshaun have as well. Everybody has this information, which is why I'm so confused of why it has not come out yet. Like, I understand everybody want to have each other back and do all that. But it's easy to just come on there and be honest. We were playing the game and if you, you know, if you're going to bash somebody, then, you know, hold yourself accountable as well or hold yeah. your sister accountable. Like I don't have any problem with Liana, Shan, or Deshaun. I'm, I'm just, I'm living my life, having a good time. We're all going to be cool or we're not. But the, the, the lies and the, and the deception and all that stuff, I'm just like, come on, bro. Just be honest and yeah. give everybody the true story and let them make their own judgments off that. Cause you, you know how it is on social. You getting beat up for being, you know, you can't take this from a woman and this and that. And I'm like, bro. My mom got three kids. She had three jobs. She worked from 9, 9 p, 9, uh, four a.m. to nine p.m. Clean people's house on the weekend. I was born and, and raised about nothing but strong women. I don't have any problem taking orders from. Me. There's no strong women around me. This is my wife's office. So that wouldn't that wouldn't that touch me. Of like, nah, you can't just be saying stuff like that about about somebody just because that may be the experience that you had in the real world if we don't have those type of conversations and you can't call me and say that, then I just feel like it's a little out of bounds. Yeah. Okay. Especially once it's all set and done, I feel like, you
1: know, you can, you can, yeah.
3: Yeah. So from my experience within the survivor community, and I'm not telling you how to act, you know, but the only thing that I have noticed has been good for me, someone who has had a great season and someone who has had a not so great season is that as time passes, I've appreciated Being able to like understand whatever it was out on the island and however many external factors might have influenced people's decisions on the island or whatever. And just try to find a way. I I think more more bridges and more connections and being cool with people, especially in this community, goes a long way just in the long run. So I'm not telling you, you know, I'm just I'm just saying what has helped me going forward. I do want to ask you, what is your relationship like with Shan nowadays?
2: Listen, before I heard y'all's podcast, Shan and my wife are are cool. They talk on Instagram, whatever. We hung out at the the reunion. Me and Shan, like I said, we have had our long conversation. Anytime something comes up, we FaceTime we have a good conversation, which is why I was so surprised to hear that on the podcast, because that is not any of the conversations that we had while we were talking on the phone. Like when we got on the phone, she was like, oh, I get it. I understand why Deshaun sees it this way or whatever. And then on the podcast, it's something totally different. So I text her and I'm like, you know, we can talk. But at this point, I'm just I'm so upset that I just need to take a step back and then process it and then move forward. Because, you, know, you know, people have to realize the stuff that you say can affect other people's livelihoods. Like, you know, I'm doing one stuff around here. So for you to say that, you know, I got a problem with women and them taking, you know, orders mm-hmm. and the, the patriarchy and all the other stuff, it just, it just, it doesn't job with what I got going on. Right. Uh-huh.
0: Would you have wanted to go to the end with, like, the all-black alliance, like, in your, like, from the position that you're at in the merge? Or were you side, were you already thinking of, like, what best gets you the million dollars? Did you feel or were you feeling like I want to represent for the culture? I want to just go with the camp out or like what was your thoughts about like the end, the final four for you?
2: Yeah, listen, it, it, it would have been great to to do all that. And that would have been the perfect story written on all those stuff. Like I said, I wasn't there to give anybody a million bucks. If I thought that one of the four was playing better than me mm. and, they, and they poked their head up of being the biggest move, I was willing to do what I had to do to get them out so I could win a million dollars. Like, it wasn't it wasn't that big of a deal to me. Like, I'm not saving, I'm saving the world by saying that I'm giving somebody else a, a million bucks. Like, we did what we had to do. We worked together, and then we fought it out at the end to see who could win the game. So, it, it wasn't that serious to me. At that point in the merge, Shan was emerging as, as the person who was making all the moves, which was fine, because at that point, I'm like, whoever figures out a way to get out of the game then has a head up and then it moved on to Ricard. Now, Ricard is the guy, so whoever figures out a way to get Ricard out is probably going to win this game. Erica did it, and ironically, Erica comes out as the winner of the game.
0: Despite whoever is the winner of the game, I just have to give you a lot of props, because again, I'm like, why y'all still got Danny in here? He's a pro- he's a professional athlete! But what I have to say is like, again, I- I'm one of those like, dedicated fans, I- like, I drink while I watch, I get excited, and I have to say, like, the thing that, like, gave me the most respect for you was that ain't nobody was trying to write your name down. Ain't nobody had nothing, like, negative to say, other than Wendell.
3: <laughs> but,
2: hey, I'm Wendell? like, it, it really... Uh... <laughs>
3: I'm one of the first to buy your shirt. I started this trend. Then you see Bryce. Then you see Lauren.
0: And everyone wants your shirt. Have Kiki check the invoices and see who bought it first. That's all I'm going to say. But no, but like what I, what, what I, I'm like watching and I'm like, let me find out Danny about to be the winner because like nobody had anything bad to say about you. And I have to say, Danny, like I admired you a lot but listening to you I'm like well damn it if I'm on the island with him I'm like he about to be my guy like I just have to say like I, I see why no one was coming for you like you are a, a very stand up guy and for me to just even be like an openly gay black man and like have these little cut ups with you like I feel comfortable and I like I even though it's through zoom and you know your zoom say kiki but like you know <laughs> I, <laughs> <laughs> i feel like i I feel like I'm on the island, and i i, I have a better understanding of why you succeeded why yeah. you succeeded like you know i i just i just wanted to put that out there i think
1: as a i think as a viewer a lot of the discussion we had throughout the season was how you were sort of hidden in the edit at times, but look at that. there was i think there came a point where we realized it might have been, you know, final eight, final nine, something like that. You were, you were the last person to receive a vote the whole season. You were sort of at the epicenter of a lot of different little alliances. Like you were definitely playing a really strong game uh, from the get go. I mean, I think you and Deshaun as a duo had your finger on the pulse of the Luvu tribe from the, from the jump. So it was a really
2: impressive game to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will say this, man. The, the, the twist got me when we had to build out Evie. As, as I think back on it, I think I would have made it further in the game if I did not have to lie to Xander at that vote. Like, me and Xander were cool at that vote, yeah. and I had to lie to him so Liana didn't get voted out, and then, you know, then Liana ends up spoiling the, you know, mm. whatever. So, you know, I, I agree goes, but I think that relationship would have been something that would have carried me a little further. Yeah, I, I gotta but, ask yeah. you...
1: <laughs> I, I got to ask real quick, as a good friend of Xander's, uh, I'd love to hear a little bit more about, you know, hitting that merge beach with him and how you guys created that relationship and what it was like between the two of you.
2: Yes, I, I think me me and Xander started just on a, like a we were we were doing the marooning and he was trying to get one of the pedals and I was and. I bumped him a little bit to let him know that this is going to be a physical game and I'm not letting him get by. Oh. So when we got to the top of the trek, he was like, hey, man, I really respect like how you came to play, man. You, you know what I'm saying? You bring it. And I was like, oh yeah, man, look, look, you like the physical dude as well. If we ever get to the same beach, then then we can definitely lock it in and work together. As Soon as we get to the beach, I'm I'm thinking that we're we're cool, we're able to work, and it works out for us because he ends up being safe. And we just kind of continue to have those type of conversations on, like, real life stuff. He's like, I'm from Chicago. He hadn't told me that he was, like, making an app or doing any of that stuff yet. So I'm just, like, thinking of him as a young 20-year-old who might want to find his way in Town. I played for the Bears. I'm like, listen, we get out of here. You know what I'm saying? I know people in Chicago. You need something. Then you call me and let me know, right? right. You know, just and, and I was being 100% genuine about it. And I think him feeling that and, and seeing that and, and being able to listen to me talk about that, I think that helped our relationship grow out there in the aisle.
3: Perk has <laughs> something to say. When he gets really close to the, when he gets really <laughs> close, you know he has something to say. You see his forehead, it becomes like a projection screen. It starts shining. Go ahead, Perk. <laughs> you know anybody in Philly, Danny? Like, <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs>
2: God, I don't, I don't, I don't know anybody in Philly because I don't frequent Philly like that. Because that's that's just you not know me. two people in Philly. Stop playing, Danny. I, I'll be at will be at, a, uh, at one of y'all events. I'll be i come to you. Oh, yo. not an exclusive. <laughs> all right. right, right. Hey, they, they look lit, now nah. they look oh, lit. I like, like that. have a good that.
1: time. Okay, People right. will love the Bryce and One and Jack presents. <laughs> 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 oh what? Oh okay. Jack, Jack are, are you getting in on these on these events next season? We we might have to do a Jack and Sam presents Chicago. I don't know because we're both out here. Look at Bryce's face; he's sick. Bryce we'll, is we'll, sick. We'll cut you all in on the. Uh, we'll give you all ninety percent of the
2: profits. <laughs> oh man,
1: yeah,
3: Danny, how old were you when you got on? Like when you were on the island, how old were you?
2: Uh, Thirty three. 33. 33. I just turned 33 because we love them. March 20th, and I turned 33 on March 10th.
3: Oh, wow. You're older than me. I didn't realize that.
2: <laughs> Bryce is the oh, oldest man.
3: one on this podcast. Don't do okay. that. Don't um, do Bryce that. is in his uh early to late 50s, <laughs> 20s. <laughs> Come
2: on, but, Bryce, but well, you got your hairline still good, though. Listen, right. you, <laughs> is it? You, <laughs> you say
3: it. <Take> Bryce. <laughs> anyway, go right so in. we're on to the next question. Uh, because we are about to do. Okay. No, 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 no. Okay. As I was saying. Danny, so you got on at 33. That's when I was on Ghost Island. And from my experience, like I said, I didn't play sports like you, but I played a lot of sports. You learn so many lessons playing sports and you get to see so many people and you get to you win and you lose and and you lose and you get back up. And so when I saw you interact with Heather, when she couldn't do whatever it was, I'm like the man played pro sports at the highest of levels them losing this challenge on the beach is nothing to him. And he, of course he's going to be picking her up. That's in his pedigree. That's, Mm -hmm. that's what he knows. But also being a 33 year old man, I thought from my, my life experience, highs and lows and everything, that was just the right time for me to get on and to do well on, on ghost island. It's like, if I would have been on as an 18 year old, 1920, I don't think I would have had the life experience. I, I would have thought that I, maybe I would have played a JD game, everything that I would have said, I think that everyone will buy, you know, and then I get out of there early. Um, You made it far. You played a great game. You had all of these great connections with everybody, but, you know, there's only one winner. And ultimately down the line, you got, you got uh, not blindsided, but you got voted out. Right. What was it like? What was that experience? I mean, you played a great game. It happens. You get voted out. How did that feel?
2: Listen, by, by the time I got voted out, I was okay. I, I had been through the ups and downs. The hourglass twist had hit me. I felt like I had fought a good fight. I was trying to get Ricard out. And if I was going to die trying to get Ricard out, the person I thought was the biggest threat, I was okay with that. No other way would I have been okay with it, but I was good with it. And then on top of that, I had I, I had come to to, to terms with, with something that was way bigger than the game with, as far as me being able to forgive my father and forgive myself. So I was I was cool to walk out of there. With, without winning, Now, would I like to win absolutely yeah, like like I, I didn't I wouldn't give up a million bucks, but I think it's I think that makes sense to what you said, which is how I wanted to go into the game. the survivor anybody who listens all right survivor at the end of the day. Is about people. You can go into whatever whatever game plan you have because you watched a lot of seasons. You can do the shields, you can do the goats, whatever. Come with the lingo, but you cannot implement any of those plans unless you know people. Learn, learn people. Get some life experience. Hang around different types of people so you can see how they interact, see how they uh, respond to adversity. Like seeing people respond to adversity will tell you. Everything you need to know about them. Seeing how they respond in pressure situations will tell you everything you need to know about a person. If you're able to sit back and realize that that's what's going on, you can learn a lot about people, and that that's the game. Social experiment, man. Just just figuring out what people what people are doing, what they're thinking, reading the room. That's that's the biggest part to success and survivor. And Erica. Erica had that at the end. She she was she's been in those buildings and those in those meetings to where she was reading the room and seeing how people felt about her and what they thought about her, and then she was able to hop out and be like, "Hi, I'm the boss." Yeah, so it, 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 it helped her. And speaking about those interactions,
1: right when you get voted out, you go to Ponderosa and just from seeing it and seeing the season and seeing the Ponderosa clips, the vibes were a little bit intense. There was some tension there. Uh, A lot of people on the jury feeling betrayed or having some sort of animosity towards people, you know, on the jury or still in the game as the newest juror. Uh, and as the season kind of progressed on the line as a jury member, how did you navigate those Ponderosa relationships? Like, what, what were you trying to mend fences? Were you like, what, what was what was the vibe there? I think with the game I played, I,
2: I, I didn't believe that I had any fences to mend, right? Because with the Shambo, what I had believed to be true led me to vote her out of me telling her a plan and then her going and telling her number one at the time when we, we have the force. I'm like, you deserve to get voted out. Uh, everybody else that was voted out, I had great relationships with in the game. So I didn't have to make up for anything. Only thing they want to know is why I lied to them about being a cowboy player. But the interaction between me and Shan when I first got out, that was probably one of the most intense reactions that I've had Like person to person, the conversation was like super intense. I'm once again telling people, hey, man, if you allow somebody to talk to me like this, then I can buy my own plane ticket home. Because what you're going to do is you're going to put me in a situation to where now I have to raise my voice and look like I'm being the man that's talking crazy to a woman. Like it got to, to that. But within like an hour, we were able to calm down and we had the conversation and everybody was fine. The next day she comes up and tells me that Liana told whatever. And we all are able to kumbaya. Uh Deshaun didn't get that moment, which is why he he got handled at uh mm. at, at tribal council, which was unfortunate. Um, but navigating that was easy. Like outside of the and Liana thing, we were all drinking, having a good time, eating snickers and smoking cigars for, for the rest of the time. We were at Ponderosa. Was there anything we didn't
3: see at that final tribal that is worth noting.
2: Uh, I, I will say that I think they showed the question with Deshaun and, and Shan, her asking him if, if like she used the movement to get her to whatever. Uh, they showed that Xander was asked a question, I will not say by who, that I thought was also along those lines of being out of bounds and not allowing these guys to be able to to explain how they played the game because now they have to defend their character. Mm. It was something along the line of like, like, do you underestimate women of color or something like that? And I was like, Oh no, whoa, what are we talking about? Like these dudes like up here trying to trying to win a million bucks. And you can see it on Deshaun's face and you can see it on Xander's face that it kind of took them out of being able to explain like what they were doing in the game. Cause now you're on the defense, like, like how can I cause you know you're on TV, so now you have to figure out how you can make this look right on television. So they didn't show that. I thought it was unfortunate, but emotions are high in these games and people are trying to find ways to, to, to get you to, to lose at that point. And,
0: and we see during that tri- that final tribal council, you were asking really great questions. I thought one of the questions that you asked to Erica was so thought-provoking and it really gave her an opportunity, which left us as viewers like, well, wait a minute. Whose side is Danny really on? And we see ultimately you're the only juror that votes for the baby boy that is the show. On. can you walk us through like your reasoning and like why you decided to vote for him?
2: Very simple, very straightforward reason. All right? Me and Deshaun had been together from day one. So what I saw from Deshaun was growth within the game. Right. So Deshaun started off as super emotional, trying to figure out how he could be as devious as he wanted to be, telling lies and then coming to a realization that he needed to slow down a little bit. He survived the hourglass twist. He was with me and winning every challenge in the first part of the game. He survived do or die. One of the best fire makers that that, that you've ever seen. He survived all this and was still sitting at the end of the game. So I know Deshaun's game. So when I'm asking Erica, what they don't show is I ask her that question. She then puts me on hold to go respond to someone else's question. Mm. And I'm like, okay. So it comes back to me. And I asked her again. She doesn't answer. Jeff stops and says, Erica, Danny's throwing you a softball. Mm. And then she, then they show her answering the question. Oh, yeah, I did. And I was like, that's why I said, listen, intentional or unintentional, that's the game that I wanted to play. But you couldn't answer straight. When I first asked you. hey, man, was your game intentional or not? So I gave it to uh, Deshaun. I was looking for any reason not to give it to him. And her not answering my question until the third time when Jeff was like, hey, answer this guy's question. He's trying to give you the win. I was like, yeah, nah. I'm all right. I'm going to vote for Deshaun.
3: Was there something inside you? Because on Winners at War, me and a few of us were trying to find a way to get our girl, Michelle, second place. Um, Was there something in you saying, you know what? I'm going to find a way to get my boy second place. I've been riding with him. I've seen his game. He might not be putting it to words how he should be right now, but I know his game. At the very least, I'm going to try to get this man second place. Was there any of that in you?
2: I'm i I'm gonna be straight up honest with you. Thinking about, I wasn't even thinking about how like you winning second place or how they how they divvy that up at the end. Like I, I wasn't even. I didn't remember like the prize money that was shown. It had nothing to do with that. It was literally like I know what he did, Eric. I need to know what you did, and since you can't tell me, then I'm gonna vote for Deshaun. What what I will say, being fair, also went into it was I saw what was happening to to Deshawn and Sander on that thing. So I know they weren't going to be able to explain themselves. So I could only go off what I knew that they did in order for me to place my vote.
3: Were there politics on Ponderosa as far as people pulling people one way or another, as as far as the vote? Because, you know, people are on on Ponderosa for however long and trickling in there and talking about people's games. And, um, you know, there could be strong personalities leaning one way and convincing people one way. And others leaning the other way was that at play at all? Did you go in knowing like, oh man, there's a lot of people leaning Erica or
2: yeah? Listen, when Ricard got off got off that island, he came in hard for Erica. He came in hard. He he couldn't eat his food first before he was saying how Erica was doing all this and she was the baddest person in the game and she needed to win. Wow. So that is the first the first news that we had about Erica because everybody was trying to figure out who was running stuff. So Ricard came in and told us who it was who was making these decisions. And then you know that Tiffany is not on with Xander or Deshaun. Liana and Shan are not voting for Deshaun. You have Nasir who's saying he might vote for Deshaun, but he is respecting Erica's game. So you can see the numbers kind of going in Erica's favor. And then once you hear the questioning, you're like, there is no way that these people are voting for Xander or Deshaun based off the question that they ask, because the question that they ask shows how they feel about the person or how they feel that person thinks
0: So so what what was your thoughts, being as though you've seen other seasons of that live tribal of going right into it? Like and you know, you being a proponent of like mental health, like do you feel like people should have had that time to process and you, you being the eyewitness there? Like what 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 are your thoughts on that?
2: You are you talking
1: about the, the final one? Like a like reunion, like, I think. Going straight into the reunion. Going straight into the oh, reunion yeah. and reading the votes.
2: Yeah, man. Let's, I thought I thought that was super strange. Like I said, you like like you said, Erica, Xander, and Deshaun are still in the same clothes that they had on. Right? They haven't had a chance to even understand like what just happened. Erica just became a millionaire. Deshaun and Xander just lost literally, actually whatever. How much money they lost. So I'm like, okay, that's strange. But then when I see them wheel out the uh, the Survivor 41 sign, it looks like an old movie set where they're trying to switch it fast and stuff. I was like, my first thought is, this is cheap as hell. This is this is some this is some cheap stuff. You got to think about. It, I'm already upset about the left twist. I'm upset about rewards and the lack of and and how they looked and how they weren't extravagant. And now I'm like, they're rolling this thing out here. We're like, what are we doing? They were correct in doing what they did but I'm upset in that moment cuz I'm like we not going to have no reunion like I, I like I've been talking about my wife and kid Coming to LA, that's a big moment for Survivor. Now, of course, they had COVID going on. They knew more about COVID than we did at the time. So mm-hmm. it comes, it, you know, it turns out that their decision was correct. But it still sucked for us as 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 contestants because yeah. we felt like we missed out on on that opportunity to watch the season and then come back and and be able to kind of ask ask those questions that that that, that you didn't know about uh, once you all get back in the same room. Well, wow. absolutely. And, and I got to ask real quick, you gave the shakedown
1: kind of as a juror on your your perspective on Erica's game, obviously Sean's game. How, how did you interpret Xander's game as as a jury member? As,
2: as we went through the game and me and Xander would have conversations, I would I would have my conversation by saying, hey, man, I think you should do this. This is the time for this to get done. This is the big move. And just from my perspective, I felt like he had an opportunity to make big moves with the with the. Idol with the extra vote that he had. I did not understand the Liana vote because in my head I was like, okay, you had an extra vote. You could have voted out Ricard, still been 3-3. You got an idol and an extra vote. You could still vote out Liana next. You got the biggest threat out of the game. You still got Liana out and move forward. Thinking about it on that one. Think about the heavy vote. He has an idol. We were able to trick him into believing that we we're gonna vote out Liana. So he didn't he didn't move on on it that way. I just thought he had a lot of opportunities to make moves that he didn't make. Um and, and, and that's kind of what it boiled down to. Like when when I'm when I'm listening, uh Erica, like I said, she's also on the tribe that wins the entire first part of the game. She takes out Ricard, our glass twist is, is not even in there. And then you have Deshaun who I already listed what he did. When I start stacking up what Xander was able to do, in my opinion, it it it, it just comes in third. Sure, sure. But one say this: He's your friend. He's a great guy. I still love. <laughs> no, guy. I, just, I, w- I, I wanted the honest
1: <laughs> feedback from someone who was there. You know, I, yeah, I wanted that honest, that honest
2: take. Yeah, for sure. And that's and that's, and that's, and that's just and that's just my opinion. because of, yeah. of how close I was to Xander in, in our game and how we tried to strategize. I don't know how everybody else felt about it, but whatever issues they had with him, that's not the issues that I had. Mine was yeah. strictly just based off the opportunities that he had in the game that I feel like he did not take advantage of. Definitely.
0: So I feel like this is what I want to know. After listening to your honest assessment of the game and other people's gameplay, hearing if you had known this, absolutely you would not come back. And now you as an official vet of the game, now now we family. Okay, now now Kiki, my, my cousin in law, uh, I wanna know. Hey Danny, it's Jeff. No, sir. <laughs> we're we're playing for seven million this season.
2: No sir, not, not, I, don't, I don't believe you, Jeff.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Under no
2: circumstances.
0: Under no circumstances, Danny. Danny, it's blood. No, you you no. see, wait, you seen the season Blood versus Water, right? Yeah. They saying blood versus water. You gonna be my cousin? You saying no? <laughs>
2: Let me tell you something. Now, the only circumstance that I will go into that game like that, which I, I don't believe that that can ever happen, is if they put it in writing that 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 that, that ain't happening. Like, hey, man! Listen, we're gonna go into, we're gonna play the game this way, and what we're not going to do is lie to our contestants. All right, you can do whatever you want to in this game. This is your game. If I'm playing, it's your game. But so, so it's not enough. Issue. So it's not enough. So the door is open. Brian. So the door is open. So and the <laughs> door is open. <laughs> the door is open.
3: Okay, ring the bell, Wendell. <laughs>
2: No, so, nah, man, no, nah, I just, I, like I said, I just, I just don't like putting myself in that situation. That, like it did, you said mental health, it did not, it did not feel right for me in my mind. It was spinning for the rest of the game. The emotions that I went through just by having that happen is something that I will not put myself through again. It was not healthy for me. It ain't healthy for me to still be even, it, have it lingering in my head, but. You know, it's is a thing and it's gonna stay there. But nah, if I don't if I don't get those reassurances that that ain't happening, and and it's still a great game. So they, like they don't need me. But I'm just saying, you know, since y'all asked the question, well, shout, out, yeah, shout out to Joe.
3: You're a great, I, you're a great, you're a great castaway, my man. And you know what they say about time.
2: Nah, no, 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 no. You know what they say about principle. Oh. oh. <laughs>
3: so here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. Okay, I was on season 40. I th- I thought that I got a bad a bad um edit on season forty. Okay, okay. your your edit, your edit was uh... <laughs> trash. Wait, how did so, you do on season forty? You know better than you on season <laughs> on season on season three or whatever season you're on. But, um, season three. So here's here's the only thing I'm gonna say, man. Take it with a grain of salt. Um, after forty, I was like, man, I'm done. I, I want to walk away. I don't want to watch Survivor again. I don't want to interact with the community. I don't want to do any of that stuff. And we. A lot of us, and this wasn't because of my portrayal on season 40, it was because of a lot of black people's portrayal going back to season one. And it was because of the George Floyd movement that we got together and we, we made things change for the, you know, for things going forward. Right. And we went to Jeff and with a list of things that we wanted to see change. And they came back to us with a lot of changes and we saw it in your season. Mm -hmm. And so my season immediately, one season before your season, I was, I felt screwed. I felt like this thing that I loved, this thing that I was on this high that I just won, that's all over my office. I thought my family loved one's letter is right here from my little sister. I thought that I was ready to let it go. I turned it into some, my experience into something positive that I contributed to for the future. And later I talked to a producer and. I was like, man, yeah, and I'll never go back out there. He was like, Wendell, they learned their lesson. Like, you were a good one. They, they learned that they killed you out there. If you get called again, don't block your blessing. They see, he said that to me. And that kind of changed my attitude because. With your season, I saw them make these changes, right? And regarding this rule, this this Danny rule, this, this this reversal of time thing, bro, I think you let Probst know. Probst is a learner. Like, he wants to do right by people, ultimately. Yeah, he's always playing Survivor in the game, outside of the game, when he talks to you, when he calls you, every he's always playing Survivor. But ultimately, he wants to do the right thing. So, all I'm saying, and like I said, take it with a grain of salt, whatever I say, <laughs> I think that he learned from you letting him know. I think we might see it on season 42, but I think going forward, we we won't see these, these kinds of actions. So, and if you go back out there, you're probably going to see perp. So, (laughs) you know, y'all need to work together out there. Um, But uh, I, I, I'm, you know, I, I don't need to be talking this long, but I do want to say thank you for being a loyal listener and watcher of the purple pants podcast and of survivor news. We love you to death for that. We appreciate you. We're big Danny stands. But we wanted to bring you on here so you could speak your piece, man. So like, if there's anything that you have on your chest, we know that our last interview with Shan, you know, might've rubbed you the wrong way. We want to make sure that you were able to speak and get out what you wanted to get out. So we just want to open the floor to you.
2: Yeah, I will say this I I think it was covered I like I just want to reiterate that it's it, it can be her 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 feelings or thoughts that the reason that me and Deshawn voted her out was because we didn't want to take orders from her or have her be the leader and I and I'm and I and I got to say for me that that is totally untrue like I I've explained my story of why she was voted out I actually did not have the conversation that her and Liana had her, her closest ally who she's going to bat for is Liana. And she's the one who actually was having a conversation about voting her out. Like I said, so you got to just be accountable to you have to hold people accountable. And then you also have to be accountable for what you did as well. So when there is a thing of, hey, man, Deshaun had this issue with Shan. Well, I mean, who didn't have an issue with Shan? Right, her and Ricard was beefing the, the entire uh, beginning of the season. Right, her and the Seer—I don't even know what relationship they have now, but they, they could go back and forth uh, when we got to Ponderosa as well. Um, we can just keep going to her and Deshaun I uh, had a problem. Her and Heather had a problem because she pitched Heather's name as the as, as the dummy name to, to throw out, and Heather all of a sudden didn't like her. So at some point, you just gotta say, "Hey, man, look in the game." Some of this stuff may have been my fault as well. And if we're able to sit back and say, all right, hey, man, I messed up. Then you can just play the game and move on. But when you just continue to go on and and not take that accountability, then that's fine. Deshaun has taken accountability for his actions. He has removed himself. That's why he doesn't do podcasts because he's trying to remove himself and work on himself. That is taking accountability. And I just want to hold people accountable, especially when you're throwing my name in there. Like I said, I just want to pitch this. We have a female football league that we're starting here in Texas, where flag football will be a varsity sport Uplifting women. I was raised by a single mother. My grandmother took care of my grandpa, strong women around me. I have a daughter. I have a wife who is a business owner of her own. She does her own thing, makes her own money. So, you know if i allow somebody to say that's how i feel about women being leaders then that's where it's just the issue other than that i wouldn't i wouldn't even say anything but i'm just like you just you just can't
3: i i appreciate you saying that i think that i might speak on behalf of us and a lot of the viewers i think that we were able to understand the, the kind of character that you have and the person that you are on your season so uh even though you feel the need to defend yourself and you absolutely have that right. Like, I think a lot of people understand like who you are and who you're, where your core values are. Right. Right.
2: Now listen, I appreciate it. Like you said, like I said, I just got a lot going on. It only takes one. It only takes one thing to scroll across there for, for all of a sudden to me, begin question about how I acted on the game and what I really thought about a, a certain person and, and what led me to make the decisions that I made. So it, it, to me, I, I, I just had to do what I had to do. Shout out to Chan who hopefully we'll have a conversation after this, another one. Shout out to Liana. Shout out to my brother, Deshaun, who is still great. And Stay away from these podcasts, man. If that's that's what helps you with your mental health, stay away from it and, and, and spend that money wisely. Mm, Right, and I I hear that
0: But uh, truly, Danny, it's been such a pleasure Such an honor to have you on the podcast I was talking to Wendell a little earlier today And I was like, I'm nervous about having Danny on Like, I don't know But I I have to say that, like, you have exceeded my expectations You are real, humble I mean, I I can't say you're athletic Because you know I be be out here
1: But... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Y'all should do the Oklahoma drill. But truly, <laughs> let's
0: do it, bro. Listen, listen, we, we could do that. It, it ain't nothing. But honestly, though, it's it, it is it truly humbling, and I, I'm so happy that we were able to have this conversation. Um, you said you were a man of your word, okay? You don't like to be lied to. You said you'd be at a Bryson Wynn presents event, okay? I like to hold you to that. But truly, though, seriously, thank you so much, uh, Wendell and Jack thank you again for coming back. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. Expect the Unexpected. We got the baby boy Danny in the building. Let's go. We out. Thank you for coming (laughs) on, Danny. And that is going to conclude our interview with former NFL star and contestant on Survivor Season 41 Danny McRae. Listen, that was a great interview. He was uh, so wonderful to interview. Listen, he answered all of our questions. So a huge shout out to Danny, a huge shout out to CBS, and a huge shout out to the rap for allowing this interview to happen okay and listen if you want to run it back again you can head over to my YouTube page Bryce Isaiah on YouTube and you can watch the video it's definitely fun please make sure you guys subscribe to the Purple Pants podcast we are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, wherever it is that you get your podcast from hit subscribe write a review give your baby boy some five stars and don't forget to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a Friend, that it's the locker room, cause it's a...